Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. This is the BK and Ferrario Podcast, powered by I Promise. Now here's BK and Ferrario. Unfortunately, I'm here today to confirm the passing of blues legend Bobby Plager. Our thoughts and prayers go out to Bobby Jr., Melissa, and the entire Plager family. As Bobby would fondly say, he's number five in your program, but number one in your hearts. That holds true today and forever, as Bobby truly is the St. Louis Blues. That was Doug Armstrong yesterday confirming the news that was feared. Uh, Bobby Plager, Mr. Blue, has passed away at the age of 78. With Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendricks, and I'm Brandon Kylie. going to be a very different show today. Uh, we have done too many of these in the last six months. We did it with Luke Brock. We did it with Bob Gibson. We are now doing it with the late, great Bob Plager. We will have John Davidson today. We have Terry Crisp coming up today. We've got Pat Maroon. Terry Yake will join us on the show. Scotty Bowman will join us. Joey Vitale for his weekly visit with us coming up at 1 o'clock. We're hoping for a couple of others. If people are available to talk about a man that meant so much to this organization, we're going to talk to him and remember uh, fondly some of the great memories that we here in St. Louis were able to have with Bob Plager. But Alex, I have given a lot of my thoughts already today with Danny Mack. I mean, he was he was the through line from the moment that this organization was founded more than 50 years ago to where it is today. It is not the St. Louis Blues that we know without Bobby Plager. What are your memories of him? I know you grew up here, so you have a different um, memory of Bob Plager. You grew up idolizing this team, this uh, this player, mm-hmm. this person, uh, what was yesterday like for you and what, what kind of flashed to mind as you found out the news? You know, you grew up idolizing the name in St. Louis. Like, Plager meant something more than just a last name for people that were Blues fans because Barkley Plager, Bobby Plager, heck, Billy Plager. Mm-hmm. Th- these guys were the St. Louis Blues. And, you know, I was driving home yesterday, and frankly, everyone who we've heard from today and who we are going to hear from today have more of a relationship with Bobby, but I think I can speak for everyone in St. Louis. If you have met the man once, you have a relationship with Bobby because he didn't just meet you and he didn't just meet you and talk through you. He talked to you like he built that relationship with every single person. Um, And I was driving home yesterday after we found out the news and I called my dad because my dad has grown up a blues fan. And he said from the moment he started watching the St. Louis blues, your eyes were always directed to Bobby Plager. 
because he he did everything on the ice. He killed penalties. He was taking the big hip checks. He was just throwing his body around. He epitomized the St. Louis Blues. And my good buddy Scott Warman of Fox Sports and West posted a picture too today on Facebook. And it was a picture of the jersey. Without the numbers, it was just the crest. And on the crest, on the sleeves, just bloodstains. And Scotty said he texted his mom this picture, and his mom responded, is that Bob Plager's jersey? It goes to show you what this man meant. And so many memories flashed through for me last night of, you know, doing pre and post games and Bobby Plager, who is notorious for pacing enterprise center because he will not stay in one spot because if he stays in one spot, he has the, he has the thoughts that, well, the blues are going to play bad if I stay here. And as soon as they start playing bad, it's on to the next spot. So always it would be in the first or second period, Bobby would find his way into the blues booth and he would sit on a big reclining chair back there where Chris Kerber and Joe Vitale and I would be. And we would always just talk hockey. There's that memory. There's the memory of just, the night that his jersey went up into the rafters, like I'll never forget seeing that and watching Barkley's number come down. But the one that I will always remember, and I shared this on, on Facebook last night, it was one of my first games doing pre and post for the Blues. I was filling it on a weekend. And mind you, I was a 23-year-old kid at this time. Like, this is this is big time. Like, I grew up in St. Louis. And, of course, one of the first games I'm doing is the night that Jimmy Roberts passes away. Oh, my God. And Jimmy Roberts is a legend here in St. Louis, just like Bobby Plager was. He was an assistant coach. We know the stories from Jamie Rivers. And Bobby had such a strong relationship with him. And so Curbs was like, hey, you need to get Bobby Plager on intermission. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Let's just talk to Bobby Plager about his friend dying (laughs) tonight. Um, And so we had Bobby come in at the first intermission. And, again, a 23-year-old kid who's doing an interview with somebody who knows much more about this player than I do – Bobby was so gracious with his time. He spent probably a good eight to 10 minutes with me just telling Jimmy Roberts stories. And then afterwards, after we get off the air, you know, I just thanked him and said, Hey, Bobby, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you coming on and doing this. And he goes, Hey, Alex, you do a phenomenal job on the broadcasts. I listen to you every chance I get. And he said, keep doing what you're doing. That meant more to a 23 year old than Bobby Plager would ever know. But again, he is the epitome of St. Louis and, I agree with what John Kelly said earlier today. This team will never be the same because they did lose a a, a piece of the St. Louis Blues yesterday. It It's a remarkable legacy to leave and one that is uniquely Bobby Plager because he has been such a integral part of the organization for 50 plus years. Yeah. And there might literally not be a single other person that you can say that about with the Blues. In fact, there is no other person that you can say that about with the St. Louis Blues. And so as I've been listening uh, today and last night with Jamie and the guys on the fast lane, everybody telling their stories, I, I wanted to play a few pieces of audio yeah. because, I mean, it it is... There are certain themes that have continuously come up. He is Mr. St. Louis Blue. That is one of them. His famous saying, number five in your program, number one in your heart. There's a reason why that is his famous saying. The signature that he has, the jokes that he tells, all of these things. And then the, the importance of the Stanley Cup. All of these are kind of... That is when you look at your top line takeaways of who Bob Plager was. Those are the the things that immediately come to mind. So I want to start with something that Jamie Rivers told uh, the audience yesterday because Jamie was talking about how, you know, Bobby was just an all time great joke teller. And it's not just that he told jokes, it's that he told jokes in the first person. And this is one that he shared with the audience yesterday on the Fast Lane. So to turn it into an actual story that makes it sound like it's you, 
Like, that's a whole talent. And this one stuck in my head because it made me laugh so damn hard. And he comes up, and we know it's a joke because Bobby be like, hey, I... <laughs> Uh, last night, uh, I was at the bar, and uh, a young lady, I sure quite this gal, she's very pretty. He said, uh, I asked her, how do you like your your eggs in the morning? She looked at me, and didn't know, and I said, yeah, like I'm scrambled or fertilized. <laughs> <laughs> and that is, that is Bobby Plager, right? He's, you've got the perfect punchline there. Um, I mean, it's, it is, it is just perfect, but that's not all that he was. He was also Mr. St. Louis Blue. And so Jeremy Rutherford, who was on with Carriker and Smallman and Danny Mac earlier today, uh, he talked about how, like, when he would write a story, he would circle back with Bobby Plager a week after the story had been written. He's like, hey, you know, uh, can you tell me a little bit about that time period? And Bobby would tell him literally every detail of the story that he just wrote without having read the story mm-hmm. because Bobby was there. He was always there. And so Jr. would come away from that and be like, yeah, I just should have talked to Bobby Plager because he could have given me the story. But he remembered one in particular that came to mind, and I thought it was a fantastic memory. He was there for everything. He knew the backstory on everything, and he could give you every single minor detail. I mean, just two quick ones. Uh, Brett Hall, they, they told him to go out and, and scout Brett Hall, and he came back, and he said, uh, yeah, no, he's uh, he, he's a good player. And I think somebody said, yeah, but he, he could be a coach killer. And he said, he scored three goals last night. I don't care if he's a coach killer. <laughs> <laughs> and Jamie told the story yesterday on the fast play that was kind of similar where I, I guess Jamie's agent would be sitting um, with Bobby Plager in in the stands, right, or in the, the press box, wherever. And Jamie would be playing well. It'd be the end of the second period. And Bobby would look over at Jamie's agent. He'd be like, hey, you know, I think it's time for us to go grab a beer together. We're good here. And James Asian would be like, yeah, but it, it's we're, we haven't even played the third period yet. Bobby will look over at Jamie's got four points. We're good. Let's go grab a beer. <laughs> it's, it's just it's it's remarkable, man. The, the man that he was, the jokes that he had, the life that he led it. He, he was Mr. St. Louis Blue for a reason. If I can share a couple more, too, for Please. me personally. Um, so so I w- was honored to do the. Uh, Blues party tent for Mardi Gras the last couple of seasons. And the first one that I did, it was two different panels. I had the first panel of Jeff Brown, Brett Hall, Kelly Chase, Bernie Federico, Hall of Famers. But then I had a second group of guys, and it was Jamie Rivers. It was Reed Lowe. It was Jim Campbell. It was Cam Jansen, and it was Bob Plager, right? Like a ball of fun up on the stage. Not that the first group wasn't, but it's a different group. And so we were up there, and you're trying to get the crowd into it, and so we were going back and forth asking questions, and I got a group of tough guys up here, right? I got a group of guys who were willing to drop the mitts no matter what. But I got Bobby Plager. And so I asked him, I said, okay, boys, poll real quick. I want all of you to raise your hand at, and raise your hand and point to who you think was the toughest player up on the stage. Not just everyone on the stage, but everyone in the crowd pointed straight at Bobby Plager. And that's just who he was. And then one more, I, I shared this on the mic drop yesterday for the fast lane when I was driving home because I remembered it. As I mentioned, Bobby notorious for walking around the building, will not stay in one spot. So I was in Boston for game seven of that cup final. And Bobby would be pacing back and forth, back and forth. He was lower. He was upper. He came up 
towards where we were for pregame. And he goes, this looks like a pretty sweet spot to stand. And he stood next to us once the puck dropped and things started to go. And then, of course, we all know how that first period went. So um, it, it was just an unreal, like, unreal moment to be able to stand there and watch history with Bobby Plager. But then to watch Bobby Plager live history was a even cooler experience. I also thought John Kelly was great this morning. Um, he was talking about how uh, Bobby Plager was the Blues, as we've talked about a million times over the last 24 hours or so and uh well i'll just let john kelly tell you from day one until yesterday uh, nobody did that and he sold the team better than any marketing campaign or pr campaign or or slogan could ever do i mean he was just the blues and wherever he was he was the piper of st louis hockey and to me he was a stand mutual of the st louis blues a beloved figure who everybody loved he was like stan and red kind of balled up into one person yeah basically is who he was but on the blues side of things right he was the guy that has held basically every position within the organization other than owner he played for him he coached for him he was in the front office he was an ambassador he had every position if you go to a charity event and it had anything to do with the blues there's a good chance bobby plager was there um it that that's just who he was yeah Last thing that I want to get to before John Davidson joins us coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Bobby Plager, I thought one of the great moments of the cup run and the aftermath of the cup was his cheers that he gave at his brother's gravesite. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted, before we get to John Davidson, uh, who was the Blues goalie and teammates with Bob Plager here in St. Louis. He was also the team president from 2006 to 2012. Going into break, let's take a listen to Bobby Plager, the cheers at his brother's gravesite. Mark, I know you're up there, and you too, Noel, you're not going to miss a party. (laughs) Dan Kelly, my buddy Doug Harvey, Jimmy Roberts, Al Arbor, Chuck Plant. You know, we were there for the first uh, one in Boston. We were back there again. This time we come home with the trophy. Here's to you guys. This is the BK and Ferrario podcast. Now here's BK and Ferrario. How about the hip check there from Bob Plager? What a hit by Bob. Dan, oh man. Bob Plager out of nowhere with the hip check. I don't know if that's legal, Dan, is it? All right, how about that, the hip check? We knew you still had it. Tell me about that. Well, you know who I hit out there, eh? It's a media guy. And you always say, be nice, but someday, sooner or later, you get your even. (laughs) Bobby Plager got his even. All the hip check, that's what we're going to remember most of Bobby Plager. Welcome back into BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN. Alex Ferrario, Brandon Kylie, Danner Hendrickson with you as we are remembering the life and legacy of the Bob Plager, Mr. Hockey here in St. Louis. And to do that, we're going to head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line and welcome in the former president of the St. Louis Blues and also a former teammate of Bobby Plager. He is John Davidson. John, it is great to talk with you uh, this morning. Thank you so much for coming on and and talking about such a tough topic. But let's start with the hip check because you uh, you probably had first, a front row seats of watching that famous hip check from Bobby Plager. Yeah, good morning, everyone, and thanks for thanks for having me on. It's kind of a, an emotional thing to hear that uh, the uh, the clips that you just ran. Um, it also brought a smile to my face and reminded me of a story. 
we were playing in Toronto at Maple Leaf Gardens, and um, Bobby threw an open ice, near center ice, hip check, and the recipient was Ian Turnbull. And Ian Turnbull went down, and he was hurting, and I think he blew his knee out. And so the uh, the medical staff came out to help Ian, and Bobby came back to my end of the ice and put his arm on the crossbar where I was standing. And he says to me, and he was all sweaty and stinky and everything else, <laughs> and he says, 23. I go, what? He says, yep, 23. I says, what, what, Bobby, what the hell are you talking about, 23? <laughs> yep. 23rd guy I've got in my career now. <laughs> I'm telling you, it was the truth. And I'm going to, and I was a rookie. I was uh, 19 years old. I go, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, he is, uh, he was, I just, I'm, yesterday when we got the news, my wife and I, uh, we both were in tears. Just love the man, love what he's about, what is, what he did in St. Louis, what he did for the Blues, what he did for hockey, and, and, uh, this was a real tough one, a real gut punch, I'll tell you that. It was for everybody here in St. Louis, I know. And, John, I, I also wanted to ask you, I'm, I'm so happy that that brought back a memory for you. Um, one thing that I watched a, a number of times last night from every perspective that I could find was uh, that brawl in 1972 in Philadelphia. And I wanted to make sure that I asked you about that because you were there and you saw it. No, oh, no, no, <laughs> I, I wasn't there because I, I started in 73. But the one thing I will tell you about the brawl there is uh, Ed Schneider was the owner of the Philadelphia Flyers. And when he, uh, when that was all said and done, he changed the format and the style of play and the team that the Philadelphia Flyers became. It was all because they, they became the Broad Street Bullies. It was because of the St. Louis Blues. That's, that's exact. And I, Ed told me that himself, that uh, that was it. He would never have that happen to his team again. <laughs> Cause that was the that was that was quite a deal. That was quite a deal. Yeah, I started in '73 with Bobby. I'll tell you another quick story about that. Please. Is um, when when I got to camp and uh, I was 19 years old and I I came from Calgary, Alberta. I'd never been to St. Louis before. Didn't know a lot about it other than the Blues and the history with Scotty Bowman and such. Uh, I knew that Gary Unger was from Calgary, and when I got to camp there, he was one one fellow that really took care of me. But uh, one day Bobby pulls up in camp, or just prior to camp, just prior to camp, Bobby pulls up in his car and gets out. And he had this, and he was sweating, and I mean sweating. And he had this kind of this rubber outfit on, and I'm going, "What are you? What are you doing?" And I look at his car; it's almost like steam coming out of it. So he had been driving around St. Louis in his car with his rubber suit on, and the heat turned up in the car as high as he could get it. And drove around and around and around. He was trying to lose weight to make weight for training camp. <laughs> and that was his way of getting down to the weight that he had to be at to make to make the weight when he stepped on the scale. <laughs> and I'm going, oh my god, I've seen it all now. Oh, what a what a character! Just, uh, I just I've been thinking a lot about the stories, and you know, you're you're half emotional where you want to cry. And then you start to think of the funny stories and the great stories and a lot of stories you can't even tell publicly, but uh, just just an absolute legend. And, I, and I'm so proud of St. Louis and the alumni uh, and how they take care of their own. Um, I know I'm talking to Mike Caruso yesterday, talking to Bruce Affleck, 
their lifers there. They they just, I mean, they're, everybody's in shock. But when you think about the reality, the reality of St. Louis sports and what Bobby meant to that part of the of the world, and and the way the alumni have supported each other for decades, it's it's really a, a, a wonderful thing. It's a remarkable thing, to be honest with you. And I think that last story just paints a perfect picture of the passion that Bobby had, not just for the city of St. Louis, but for the the franchise as well. And you know this from being a part of the team, but you also know this as being a part of the front office when you were president of hockey operations for the Blues. And I'm sure you have plenty of stories of Bobby Plager being a part of those decisions of making sure that this team brought him his Stanley Cup. Oh, I'm so proud of, of, of how that went for the Blues. I know that my time there was not a long time, but it was a great time for myself and my family. In fact, I have a, a daughter that still lives there. Uh, she's a doctor over at the Children's Hospital and uh, just loves St. Louis. Um, I, I know that that um, when Dave Checkets and Mike McCarthy and the group got involved with buying the Blues, it, it really seemed like the Blues were going to leave town, and that would have been brutal. Found a way to hang in and uh, and get through things. Uh, the team, obviously, when we started, was it had been you know Chris Pronger was gone, things like that. So we weren't very good. Had to rebuild it from from the base up. And uh, the the one thing that was a real uh, steady influence was that we had to rely on the the alumni. Um, the team, we, we you know, we were just trying to stay afloat in St. Louis with a team that wasn't drawing very well, wasn't playing very good because we weren't. They weren't very good, but we had to rebuild and went through the painstaking process of doing it. But the alumni was always there for us. So Bobby was right up. You know, Bruce Affleck does a great job running the alumni. But Bobby was always at the front, always. You know, he's always was always around, always with a smile, always. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard a bad word said about Bobby Plager, and I've known him for a long, long, long time. And and it was amazing, too, yesterday when 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 it started to get out that he had passed in the car accident the uh the the reaction from from people that knew bobby and uh larry ziegler the golfer ex-golfer lives in florida talked to him last night and uh i mean he was he was uh, there when the blues started and uh talking about bobby and the history and the stories and it just it was like a lightning rod all over the place because of bobby and it's it's a sad sad time, but it's also a great time to remember what what he did for a lot of people. John, final question that I've got for you, because I mean, whether we talk with you or uh, yesterday, Chris Kerber was on the station. Jamie Rivers is part of our afternoon show, and they shared some of their memories. We heard some former Blues as well on on the morning show today. Everybody basically says the same thing. You know, this guy was Mister St. Louis Blue. And now his number a few years ago was retired here in St. Louis, right next to his brothers. I know you weren't here for that. However, John, what what does it mean to have his number retired here in St. Louis? Uh, everything. I mean, you know, sometimes it's the superstars that get the attention, but other times it's people that deserve it as much, if not more. And the Plager history with the St. Louis Blues and sports in general in St. Louis is really special. Um, when I got there as a 19-year-old and able to play with Bobby and Bark, Bark was the captain. Barkley was full of uh, intensity and, and competitive nature. 
Bobby was more of a smiley, fun guy, but when he got on the ice, it was all business. Um, you know, I'm, I now am president of the New York Rangers, and I know he played 29 games here with the Rangers. So there's been a lot of talk in New York today about uh, about the passing of Bob Plager. I, I, I just want to say that the Plager family, and and you think of, of Dan Kelly, and you think of a lot of the, the folks back, and then the Solomon family who were the owners of the hockey club, those were some special times, some very special times. And I just, it brings back memories, even though there's a lot of sadness, it brings back great, great memories uh, for myself and and uh, what we went through in St. Louis. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's a special city. It really is. It's a great sports city. My grand, I have three grandsons growing up there right now, just love it. And and part of that, the big part of it, was the Plaguers and the Plager family and the St. Louis Blues organization. I, I could go on and on about it. Uh, just, uh, and I know I'm forgetting people. I wish Helen uh, Helen Plager well, uh, Bark's uh, Bark's wife. And I'm sure that's a sad, terribly sad day today for the family. But uh, Melissa and the group there, they they have a very special family, and uh, we're all going to think wonderful things about the Plaguers and today's Bob's day. That's well said, John. Thank you so much for taking some time out this this morning and coming on and sharing some memories of Bobby. Like you said, uh, as sad of a day it is, we're, we're all going to remember the great things about Bobby Plager. So thank you so much, sir, and have a great rest of your day. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. There you go. Absolutely. John Davidson. Just awesome. Fantastic. And it's the same sentiment that we've heard all day and that we will continue hearing yeah. throughout the day here on 101 ESPN. Coming up next, we're going to be joined by Terry Crisp, who was also a teammate of Bobby Plager in the early years here with the St. Louis Blues. Terry Crisp is going to join us coming up next on 101 ESPN. This is the BK and Ferrario podcast. Now here's BK and Ferrario. Well, it's very special. The, new, the Blue Note has been very special, and we've always said it's not the name in the back, it's the Blue Note on the front, so that's what you play for. And I told all the fellas here, the only thing missing with this Blue Note is a parade down Market Street, so please bring me one. It's the voice of Bobby Plager, who passes away yesterday at the age of 78. Welcome back into BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN as we were remembering the life and legacy of number five in your programs and number one in your hearts. And you hear Bobby talking about getting that parade here in St. Louis. Tried so hard as a player, but finally got it a couple of years ago. Another player who uh, who was with Bobby trying to accomplish that ultimate goal here in St. Louis was a former teammate of his, Terry Crisp, who was on the Nashville Predators broadcast for the National Hockey League. And Crisper joins us now here on 101 ESPN on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Terry, I know such a a tough day for so many people who knew Bobby Plager, not just in the blues community, but in the hockey community. But you hear him talking about that parade that he wanted so desperately, and you were a part of those cup teams in the first couple of years. Uh, what did it mean to finally get to see Bobby Plager hoist that Stanley Cup a couple of years ago? You know what? That was one of the best. My wife and I watched that whole series. Obviously, we did. And, those, and when it was one, we both looked at each other and says, Bobby Plager is going to have the biggest smile on his face of anybody in the sporting world. I don't care what sport you want to do, because Bobby Plager, and I go back to when we first started in 67 as an original, he had that blue note, no, not uh, really, but tattooed <laughs> to him. And, he, and Bobby, 
wore that thing on his heart and his heart on his sleeve. And when we heard the news, and of course I've talked to some of the, the fellows, the sad news is, but you know what? We heard the news. What flashed my mind was how sad we were, but also flashed at the same time, what a life Bobby led and how much fun and humor that he brought into everybody else's life, starting with the hockey team. Then when he moved into uh, PR work and then working with the teams, wherever Bobby went, he made friends, had humor. I mean, humor glory. You're going to hear all the stories about him. <laughs> but unless you lived with him and were there with him, you can't really appreciate what he brought to life and how he loved life and hockey. So, Terry, tell us a little bit about that. What was that <laughs> like back in the day? I mean, we, we see him now 50 years ago, though. What was a young Bobby Plager like to be around? Oh, my Lord. He, his mind was devious. I got to tell you, I, I was thinking if I had to go over in my mind, guys that I would not want to get into a peeing fight with for uh, jokes to play jokes against each other. At the top of my list would be Bobby Plager. Uh, right close behind him would be uh, Mark Bergevin, the GM of the Montreal Canadiens. And the third guy that I uh, had encountered in my career for jokes was uh, Jim Toplinski. But Bobby Plager, I'm telling you, he was, I don't think he had to sit up at night thinking of things to do, but he had, I've got time for a real quick one. Oh, you got time Please. for plenty of all the time. Okay, uh, Lynn Patrick was our GM. And Lynn didn't make very many trips, but he always came over to San Francisco when we played Oakland because he bought these special silk shirts that he could only buy in San Francisco. So he's on this trip, and he buys three of these really beautiful silk shirts. So the trip's over. We're on the bus, getting on the hotel on the bus, going to the airport, flying home. And it's a bit of a trip to the airport. So... Lynn falls asleep immediately on the bus, Lynn Patrick. So Bobby's at the back. He sneaks up, reaches up where the shirts are in this bag above him, takes the shirts to the back of the bus. He takes a little razor blade, and he cuts all the buttons off the shirts. Just nips all the buttons off these silk shirts, <laughs> throws the buttons out the window, packages the shirts back up like perfect like they were, and puts them back up above. Now, whose mind thinks of that? <laughs> God bless. And we all waited for Lynn. To his credit, Lynn never came in the dressing room and said a word. But I can guarantee you, he knew exactly <laughs> who the culprit was on that one. And that's just that's just mild for how, how Bob's mind worked. So, like I said, the one thing that you always, always knew when we met him, and, and Lynn kept, I kept in touch with him through all the years, that he always had a joke. And it was always a new joke, not a repeat, but a new one. I, I said to Bobby, Bobby, how the hell does your mind work? That you can you can remember these jokes that you're telling us. He says, Crispy, it's just natural to me. He says, I don't know why. I said, well, I said, don't lose that natural ability because it makes all of us fun. It does, Terry. And I think that's the best part of Bobby. And there's so many elements that made Bobby who he was, but it was the pranks. And you tell that story about Lim Patrick. That's Bobby, though. Like he, It was no holds bar. It didn't matter if you were the team president. It didn't matter if you were a general manager. Heck, it didn't matter if you were Hall of Famer Scotty Bowman as the head coach. He was going to find a way to prank you at some point, right? Oh, automatic. Automatic. He, uh, I'm trying to think of which person it was that had got to him, and we started on a road trip. 
And, you know, back then you didn't have suits. And, uh, you had one suit and one blazer, depending on which one you wore the whole trip. That was it. And whatever happened, Noel Picard got one up on Bobby. So partway at the early part of the trip, uh, we're at a practice, wherever Bobby goes in and he cuts off one of the legs, the pants, up to the knee on Noel Picard's pants, mm-hmm. suit pants. Now, for the rest of the trip, to Noel's credit, he wore the pants with the one they cut off. I'm laughing only because I don't want to cry. And um, that, that's what you do when you are sad. You cover up with humor. and But that just tells you what we miss with Bobby gone. Terry, we all know how, how close he was with his brothers and the fact that they were able to play together here in St. Louis was speci- such a special thing. What was, was that like, not only to have Bobby Plager on those teams, but also to have his brother on those, or brothers rather, on those teams? Well, they're all from the same uh, uh, cloth, all three, Billy, Barkley, and Bob, and they were dangerous. Now, <laughs> imagine one of them coming at you, but when you looked out on the ice and you saw three of them out there, uh, you know, if I'm on the other team, I'm not hitting any one of them because you know for sure you're going to deal with three of them. And before the night's over, one of those three is going to find you in a, in a vulnerable position and you're going to feel it. And then Bobby Plager probably was one of the best but dangerous hip checkers in the league. Leo Boyvin was the best one I ever saw early in the game for the Boston Bruins. And then Bobby came along, and he had timing in the neutral zone. I don't know how many guys Bobby flipped over his back with that hip check. But when you had the three plaguers, but you know what? Alla brothers, they would argue and fight among themselves more than anybody. In the dressing room, wherever they were, and poor Billy, he was the youngest, and he thought that, well, being the youngest, he was going to take the charge. Uh, Bad move, Billy. Bad move. (laughs) And the, the, that just is like Bobby, you know, and he, when he, you guys, he remember the one year he came to training camp early. And they asked him, what did you want to do? And what did you do for the summer? He said, I had a good job. They said, what was it? He said, oh, he said, up in Caddy's, we got a lot of breweries. Just, I was a beer taster all summer. Worked for just tasted the beer for them. And they wrote it in magazines and everything. <laughs> I mean, he just leads you on and then he just, okay, do what you want with it. <laughs> That's incredible. Crispy, I'd be, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about a moment that so many people remember for Bobby Plager's playing career, and it's something that he used to tell so many stories about. It was that brawl in Philadelphia, and I know you were a part of that team. We talk so much about how Bobby had the blue note basically tattooed on his heart. He cared more about his teammates than I think he cared about himself, and that Philadelphia Flyers brawl was a perfect example of it, wasn't it? Oh, you know, that was just one of them. I mean, you watched him so often. Uh, he, if anybody hit anybody, like, dirty, you take a solid hit. Bobby was the first one to remember it, and you had to know before the game was over, whoever pulled it on the other team was going to get at least one Bobby Plager hip check or run into the boards. Cause, and as you mentioned, you know what Bobby was great? At getting the team together, too, back then. Bobby was single. Don't forget for a lot of his years, playing years, and he. Did, but whenever there was a party to be had or a house party, Bobby made sure that all the wives and the guys knew about where it was. And you had him at the houses so they didn't make the money back then. But Bobby was always the lead dog, saying, "Okay, Wednesday night, night off, we're going to meet at so and so's house and be there." 
And believe me, everybody would be there just because Bobby said, we're going to be there. You're there. Do you remember any particular party that as you're thinking about this immediately comes to mind? You're like, oh, my God, that was a good one. Uh, yeah, the one night that uh, Scotty Bowman, uh, you know, Scotty, God, we love him. Yeah, but he always had 11 o'clock curfew at home, at home there. And Bobby, this is sort of with uh, Bobby says, okay. He says, we're having a party. We said, well, you know, he says, yep. But he says, never wor- don't worry about it. He says, we'll all get fined. But he said, well, we'll, we'll arrange somehow to pay the fine. And whatever happened, I still to this day don't know who Bobby twisted, whose arm he twisted, but Scotty knew, and Scotty knew as part of the the, 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 the charade and team thing, Scotty would be Scotty and fine us $25 each or whatever it was for misinterpretation, but he knew it was a team party. And somehow Bobby Plager arranged to have somebody pay the money total for all of us. None of us had to pay the $25. And to this day, Bobby never, ever told anybody where he got the money. <laughs> <laughs> that is incredible. Hey, Terry, thank you so much for, for taking some time today and coming on with us. We really appreciate you coming on and sharing these stories on such a, a, a tough day, I know, for not just uh, former players and former teammates of Bobby, but really anybody who, who interacted with him. So once again, thank you for taking some time out today. Have a great rest of the day and best to you and the family. Thanks, fellas, and thanks so much for having me on in memory of Bobby. And like I said, He'll be sorely missed, and to all of the Plager family and whatnot, Sheila and I send our uh, best best wishes, but we'll be talking with them along the line. And uh, again, Bobby Plager, his jersey's there, and he will be remembered forever as a St. Louis Blues. Well said, Terry. Thank you so much. That's Terry Crisp joining us here on 101 ESPN, a teammate of Bobby Plager in the early days of the franchise. He was a part of the original crew and man i could, could you imagine no being with those guys like you ever the sit there no. i know like <laughs> I, I sit there sometimes like i hear stories that my dad tells all the time when he was a, a kid and a teenager and what he used to do with his buddies i'm like man if only i got to hang out with you guys if only i could go back in time right like just get that delorean and just hop in and go back to 1967 and just be around bobby and those teammates like, what a group of guys that they were. And Terry said it best. I mean, he not only would prank people, but he could rally on things on all of social media from all walks of life of people that have met, took a picture, and got an autograph and spent 30 minutes of their time with Bobby Player. Yeah. Everybody. Everybody has a story of that happening in their life. And so the fact that that happened... How did this man have any time to do anything? I, I don't understand. I think Jamie said it best yesterday. I don't know how. He, I don't know if he ever slept. It ha- he couldn't have. No, it would have been impossible because there are only so many games. There is only so much time at the rink. There is only so much time going to the grocery store. I feel like I'm rushed half my time, and I don't do anything, man. Right. And this guy was doing everything, and so it's it's unbelievable that. He was able to touch so many lives. Yeah. It seems like it should have been impossible. Yeah. I mean, that's that's Bobby. I mean, I can I can walk you through a, a day in in those playoff runs two years ago. Like we'd get there for morning skate at about 9 a.m. Bobby's already Bobby's already there basically with his coffee in hand, his jacket off his shirt unbuttoned. He's ready to go. We leave after the locker room at about, I don't know, 1230, 1 o'clock once all the media availability is done. Bobby's still there reading through the stat book. 
I would get back there probably at about like four o'clock to start getting ready for pregame. Bobby's in his office with his glasses on reading through stats. Game's on. Bobby's roaming the halls. Game's over. Bobby's in the lounge with the alumni, Kelly Chase, Chris Kerber, Joe Vitale talking. I don't know if he left the stadium. Like, I think he had a mattress in his office because this man loved the blues that much. 65780 is the air comfort service tax line. We will also be happy to take your Rhino Shield mic drops on the 101 ESPN app. Go over there. If you have a memory, something you'd like to share about your time with Bobby Plager, or if you just have a memory of Bobby Plager that you think was a special um, moment, Send that in via the Rhino Shield mic drop feature. We've got a lot of interviews in the 12 o'clock hour as well, but we'll get to a ton of those coming up in the 1 o'clock hour. We really do want to hear from you guys today because Bobby Plager was not just Mr. St. Louis Blue. He was also Mr. St. Louis, and that means that he was a part of this community in a way that is really unique and really special. So 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line. The Rhino Shield mic drop feature is on the 101 ESPN app. We'll get to a few questions and answers, or if you just have some comments about Bobby Plager, this entire show is dedicated to his life and we'll do it next on 101 ESPN. This is the BK and Ferrario podcast. Now here's BK and Ferrario. With Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service tax line. Just a few quick texts here before we get to Pat Maroon, native St. Louis and Stanley Cup champion course celebrated the 2019 Stanley Cup with Bobby Plager so we'll talk with Pat Maroon here in just a couple of minutes 65780 is the air comfort service text line for now though uh let's start with this one guys I keep hearing these stories about Bobby in the original club and the shenanigans that they were into I feel like somebody is just continually describing the movie Slapshot to me <laughs> that, that is 100% true and then I saw another one that said was Bobby a real life Hanson brothers <laughs> yeah. and yes he along with his brothers Barkley and Billy were exactly the real-life Hanson brothers for the St. Louis Blues. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line uh, from the 314. Guys, I always remember Bobby as the popular guy at Bobby's place. Every mm-hmm. time I was there, he'd always manage to show up, dr- drop in, check in on the staff, staff and check uh, chat up everybody there. Just the brightest light in the room who warmed everybody with his presence, you're going to be missed, Bobby. I know there is a ton of truth to that. Yeah, I, I, I was witness to that a couple of times where you go down to Bobby's place. How often do people go to, to, to sports bars and you know, maybe owned by a professional athlete or somebody, and you don't really see them there that often, but that's not the case with Bobby Plager. Like at Bobby's place, Bobby seemed to always have been there. And again, this goes back to what we just talked about. Does this man ever sleep? Because if he's not at Enterprise, he was at Bobby's place. And again, that's how down to earth this man was. He doesn't just show up there at his restaurant. He shows up, sits down, signs autographs, and just talks with people. And to that point, here's another one. I met him at a restaurant last February, just introduced myself and said my dad was a huge fan. When he got up to leave, he came over to me and asked if I wanted a picture for my dad. What a class act and one of the nicest human beings I've ever run into in public. And yeah. that's just who he was, you know. And what what I love about that story is that it is unique to that individual, but it is not unique to Bob Plager. That's who he was at all times. It wasn't a one-off. That wasn't a, hey, he was having a good day that day, had a ton of time. That's, that's just who he was. That right. is the way that he conducted himself at all times. And all of us could certainly learn a thing or two from the way that Bob Plager lived his 100%. life. 
Looking forward to this. Coming up next, uh, in the 12 o'clock hour, we'll talk with Terry Yake, former Blues forward. We'll talk with Scotty Bowman, uh, former Blues coach and a Hockey Hall of Famer. Very much looking forward to that coming up next. Also looking forward to talking to the one and only Pat Maroon. He's going to join us to talk about the late, great Bob Plager next on 101 ESPN. This is the BK and Ferrario podcast. Now here's BK and Ferrario. Bobby, we love you. How long have you been waiting for this, and how good does it feel? Well, first of all, it's unbelievable. My goal was to win a Stanley Cup. I never got to win it three times there. But this year, I got my parade, and it was a heck of a parade. Thank you, St. Louis. You're the greatest fan. Something every St. Louis Blues fan, heck, every St. Louis fan, was waiting to hear Bobby Plager say, I got my parade. That is the voice of the late great number five in your program, number one in your heart, Bob Plager, who passed away yesterday at the age of 78. As we are continuing to remember the life and legacy of Bobby Plager here on 101 ESPN. And now we head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line on BK and Ferrario and welcome in uh, the hometown hero, the St. Louis native and the Stanley two-time Stanley Cup champion, Pat Maroon. Pat, uh, as you, first of all, thank you for taking time out today. I know today's a game day for you guys, but coming on and talking about Bobby Plager and the legacy that he has left here in St. Louis. But as you hear him talking on stage there of that championship and watching Bobby celebrate with that cup, what did that do for you as an NHL player, but also as a St. Louis native? Yeah, I think first and foremost, you know, my thoughts and prayers go out to the family of Bobby and everyone that's kind of grieving right now. But, you know, that I listened to that video and it gives me the chills, you know, just knowing that how much time and effort Bobby has put into not only the St. Louis Blues organization, but the St. Louis community. And he wanted it just as bad as us to bring that Stanley Cup. Like you said, he never won the Stanley Cup, but he got his parade. He got to witness uh, an organization win that he's been part of for such a long time. Um, and, you know, it's, just, it's been a hard day the last two days for the St. Louis Blues organization itself and the St. Louis community. And what he's done for not only players that, played there uh now past present i think it's truly amazing you know you walk in the morning you see bobby player you know he's just walking around telling stories laughing and he was such a big part and you know he's truly going to be missed pat do you remember when you met bob plager you know i've met him a handful i've met him so many times before even playing for the blues just because you heard about bob player all the time like he was always doing community work um you know he's always at the rinks uh, especially when I was such a young kid, he was always there signing our uh, to young kids, even talking to uh, parents. So, um, you know, I, I remember him from all ages, but, you know, just going to the rink and seeing him every day, you know, how much time and effort he does put into the Blues organization uh, was awesome because he was always around. Uh, he made light of everything and, you know, he always had a smile on his face. You know, Pat, that season was a historic season here in St. Louis and really in the National Hockey League. And I always remember being in that locker room post games. And you guys did the award in the season where the, the player of the game would get the Bobby Plager mitts. And he would always be in there. He would be the one that would put pucks up on the board on that win streak that you guys went on. Just his presence alone, what did that do for a group of guys who really bonded that season? Yeah, I mean, just, I mean... To set the tone, I mean, I think our first win, Bobby came in, and he was the first one to hand out the gloves, the Bobby Plager gloves. So that was pretty cool. And, uh, I mean, Bobby was, I mean, 
geez, he's hanging up in the rafters. I mean, what has he done for St. Louis? And to just to be a part of that group, like you said, was just truly amazing. We were a tight knit group. You, you know, it's one of the funnest locker rooms I've ever been a part of. But you know, the alumni kind of helped that and molded that to what it is now. And to have a player like like Bobby, that's a great teammate, you know, on and off the ice, and to have a alumni guy to be around and, you know, kind of teach these kids and young kids the ropes and just tell stories. You know, you just want to hear stories about the past and, and how what he went through and what his team went through. And to have someone like that since to be around, you know, knowing what it takes, it's just truly amazing. And to pass those um, those gloves every single night just goes to show you what kind of what Bobby brought to the St. Louis Blues organization every time he put that you know, him putting up the pucks, you know, during wins, too. I mean, he was just such a big part of that, you know, throughout the year. And it was a huge part of it, you know, moving forward when we when we did get the chance to host that Stanley Cup. Pat Maroon joining us here on 101 ESPN. Pat, do you have a, a favorite story, favorite memory of Bob Plager from your time here in St. Louis? You know, I, like I told everyone else, like every time you – you saw Bobby, you know, he, he always had a smile on his face and he always had a good story to tell. And he loved his memes on his phone. He loved to show you his phone. Uh, so he had, you know, some of them are PG, some of them are not PG. <laughs> but, you know, uh, Bobby was just a class act. He was so funny. But the thing that really pops out to me, which I said earlier this morning on the McKernan show, is that, um, that just as every time I see that they rank, he loved his grandkids, you know part of life and going to every single game, uh, you know, being there for every practice. You know, my son's, you know, playing hockey down the St. Louis area, and I just see him all the time. And he was always there watching kids. Someone else's team that he said he would go watch. So, you know, those those are, you know, people you want to look up to if you're playing in the NHL right now because Bobby really took the time to – cherish all those moments and to be around the rink, you know, to be around these kids, especially at such a young age, because, you know, 10 year olds to probably 22, probably didn't really know who Bobby player is, but they know who he is. If you ask these kids, because he shows up and he, buy, he puts in his time and work and for the community and for the organization. So, you know, the thing that I would, you know, that I remember most is just Bobby just being around his grandkids and watching hockey and me get the chance to see him at the rink, you know, especially the time when I played for the blues, we got, you know, pretty close over the years. So when I got to play there, so it was really neat watching him interact with everyone. Pat, you mentioned your son, Anthony, and if I could share a quick story, the one that I remember, and I'm sure you do as well, but that night was a whirlwind when you scored that game winner against Dallas in, in double overtime, you know, Anthony was in tears in the stands and then he was in the locker room celebrating with everyone. And I'll never forget. Bobby was over there talking with Anthony and he was shaking his hand, telling him, do you know what your dad just did? And Anthony just had a, a huge smile on his face. And, and I think that goes to the point of what you're talking about, not just a guy who made an impact on hockey fans, but a guy who made an impact on the community because I'm sure that's something that your son Anthony is going to remember for the rest of his life. Oh yeah, he still. I mean, he talks about it all the time, you know, and he will remember that. You know, Bobby was good to you know. Bobby was great to my son, especially that night. I saw them hanging out later on in the night too, just <laughs> hanging out after the game. So I'm sure he said some funny things, to Anthony, that he would he'll remember. So. <laughs> I'm sure Anthony's got a good story, but he probably hasn't even told me yet because it could have went, it could have went down the way too. So, um, 
But that's who he was, like you said. He 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 made such an impact, and not only the organization, but just kids around the St. Louis area, make fine time to say hi, shaking their hand, and just telling little stories like that to my son that you know he's going to remember for the rest of his life. And I'm so glad that you brought up the youth aspect of this too, Pat, because St. Louis has become not just a blues town, but a hockey town in a lot of ways. And now you've got Centene Community Ice Center, which is just an unbelievable venue. How much of that is in part, at least, because of the work that Bobby Plager has done over the years? Sorry, you guys cut out there. Sorry about that. Yeah, how much of, I mean, you you look at the youth levels right now, and I mean, the the influx of even NHL players that have come from St. Louis, this has become a real hockey town. How much of that do you think is because of Bobby Plager? Yeah, I mean, that's why, you know, that's why it is. Because it's guys like Bobby that stayed in the St. Louis area and all the old-timers that stayed and, you know, made, made their home base St. Louis. And then, you know, as uh, other generations of St. Louis Blues players that came in and kind of took over, you know, a little bit. And then you saw, obviously, the Kachuk boys, the Brown boys, um, you know, kids like that that's, dad's Perry Turmel, Travis Turmel's dad, you know, like guys like that that have been that play in the NHL that made St. Louis their home base. They're the reason why. And Bobby is is the start of that. You know, they built that alumni base to what it is today. And that's why you're seeing such an impact in St. Louis hockey and seeing rinks go up now because more alumni people are coming back to St. Louis and their kids are playing. They're playing at such a high level. And it starts with uh, the original St. Louis team and Bobby and his brother and all the guys that stayed here. So it's, we should all be proud of what St. Louis is today because of those guys. Well said, Pat. Phenomenal stuff. Hey, man, thank you so much for taking some time out today. I know it's a, it's a crazy day. We got a game tonight, but appreciate you coming on and sharing some stories of Bobby Plager, who I know had such an impact on you and your family. So once again, Pat, thank you so much, buddy. Good luck tonight and the rest of the season, and uh, we look forward to getting the chance to talk with you again. Thanks, fellas. Stay safe, all right? Absolutely. Definitely, you Same too. To you. Uh, it's Pat Maroon joining us here on 101 ESPN, two-time Stanley Cup champion, St. Louis native as well. And I love that he has that other perspective on this, right? Because he is somebody that was a product of St. Louis youth hockey. His son is now going to be a product of St. Louis youth hockey. And so we talk so much, and we've got it on the text line all day, right? 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line. It's not just that Bob Plager was Mr. St. Louis Blue. We've had a few people correct us. He was Mr. St. Louis. And yeah. a part of that is because of the impact that he had beyond the Blues. Mm-hmm. It is the community that he has legitimately changed for God only knows how many listeners right now. Their kids are a part of the St. Louis youth hockey scene. Right. That is in part because of Bob Plager. Like It is not what it is today. There is no doubt in my mind. It is not what it is today without him. And that is such a significant legacy to leave here, man. And it's just, it's really cool to talk to somebody that was a product of that. Yeah. And and I'll never forget that scene because, again, it was such a crazy moment after Pat scored that double overtime goal against Dallas. Like that locker room felt like they had already won the Stanley Cup. And Anthony had already been on television crying because his dad scored the goal. And we're running around like crazy trying to get postgame audio. And I look to my left and here's Anthony. And he's just standing there smiling from ear to ear. And Bobby Plager comes up behind him, puts his hands on his shoulders and then turns him around and says, buddy, do you know what your dad just did? And Anthony just smile on his face. I mean, that's the impact of a guy like Bobby Plager. He, a couple of words 
come out from the entire history of the St. Louis Blues in, and you're gleaming from ear to ear. So I'm so glad we had the chance to talk with Pat because Bobby had an impact on him, just like he has an impact on everyone in St. Louis who has wanted to or has played hockey. 65780 is the Air Comfort Service tax line. If you guys have some uh, memories that you'd like to share, we'll get to those coming up here in just about 15 minutes. It's 1217. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Coming up next, former Blues forward and a, a prominent member of the St. Louis Blues alumni, Terry Yake's going to join the show to share some of his stories of the late, great Bob Plager. Terry Yake next on 101 ESPN. This is the BK and Ferrario podcast. Now here's BK and Ferrario. When you've made it this far, you can't help but think about where this all started. Remember, we've been here before. 68, 69, and 70. We captured the imagination of a city. It's been a long time, but the wait is over. Hey, buddy, we're back. Man, if that doesn't give you goosebumps, I don't know what. Well, that was Bobby Plager from the hype video during that cup uh, cup run back in the 2018-19 season. Welcome back to BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN as we are honoring the life and legacy of Bob Plager, who passed away yesterday at the age of 78. And we're going to head back to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line telling uh, continuous stories of the life and legacy of Bobby Plager, a good buddy of mine, former St. Louis Blue, and also the head of the Blues alumni for some time, uh, Terry Yake. Yaker, it is great to catch up with you, my man. I wish it was on better terms, but um, let's start with that hype video because I know you were around during that cup run. You saw those Bobby Plager videos up on the Jumbotron. You saw how excited that man was. Uh, what did that run mean to you with Bobby Plager around 24-7? Well, yeah, first of all, obviously this is very difficult for everybody to talk about, but let's, uh, let's remember Bobby for the way we'd want to remember him, and that was maybe one of the happiest times of every Blues fan life, and that was that Stanley Cup run, and that was epitomized by what he just said there and how he spoke it, and every game from early January through the final game uh, – Bobby not only didn't miss, but was probably at his happiest. And when they finally got to lift that cup and have that parade down Market Street, uh, I think it was a dream come true for Bobby. It was 54, 53 years in the making, and uh, it was a lot of uh, there was a lot of pride in there. But being around and you know being part of the alumni for as long as I was, seeing Bobby, literally, I was adding it up the other day, no less than. 70 to 80 times a year because every home game preseason playoff every signing every golf tournament he was there everything that everything that had to do with st louis blues if we were running it and we needed somebody there bobby was the guy that would came would came and uh you know the fact that he got his his uh reward with the lifting of the stanley cup i don't think there was anything better and uh you know it's it's horrible to say, but I think Bobby was, uh, you know, maybe at his happiest in that in that time, and I don't think there was anything else that will ever replace it. Yaker, I I am curious because as we hear people like you tell the stories about how often he was around, right? And then we hear from our listeners who have been texting in and calling all day, giving us their stories as well. 
how did this man have the time for everything that he was doing? It feels like everybody has a story with him. He took pictures with everybody. He gave autographs to everybody. How did this man have any time on his hands to be able to do all of these things? Well, isn't that remarkable? Because, you know, I've asked a couple people and and many people agree that he may have been the most well-known person in the entire city of St. Louis. There's, yeah. he, he lived there for 55 plus years and I don't think I've ran across one person that you could say, oh, I ran into Bobby Plager one time, or I said hi to him, I shook hands with him. But yeah, he made time. And I think that's what really made him special, is that he actually made time for everybody. He would never, ever uh, rush a conversation, always sign an autograph. His, his signature is on more memorabilia in the city of St. Louis than anybody else's. Uh, he always spent time just to tell a story. And even better, he spent time to make a person laugh and tell a joke. You know, some of them might have been in, incorrect politically in today's world, but nobody ever cared because it was Bobby and everybody knew it was always in good, in good nature. Uh, no, no question with that one, Yaker. You know, I'm curious. David Perron just had a great quote as he was speaking with the media, and he said he's the reason why I wanted to be in St. Louis. People ask me all the time, why do I keep signing here? He's the reason why people like that. And, and Yaker, you signed with the St. Louis Blues. You were a free agent after a year in the American Hockey League, and you're a kid out of British Columbia. I- I'm sure you didn't know much about the St. Louis Blues at the time, but did you know much about Bobby Plager? Well, we didn't until we got here. You know, uh, Ron Caron was another guy who was in the office in those late uh, 90s years. And you got to know Bobby and Ron and guys like that because they were the ones that, uh, that made the tradition of the St. Louis Blues real. You know, obviously you were coming because Brett Hall was there and Al McKinnis and Chris Pronger and the great players on the ice. But the legacy off the ice began way before that with, Bobby and players like that. And then you start to get to know the, the Wickenheisers and Bernie Federicos and things, you know, other players along the organization. And they paved the way for players like myself and uh, Jamal Mayers and the 50 Reed Lowe and the 50 other guys that live in St. Louis now that didn't grow up in St. Louis mm-hmm. that decided to stay there, you know, to Chuck and Andy McDonald and all these guys that made St. Louis their home, and it started because of people like Bobby. Bobby came in the original team in 67, and he never left. And there's a good reason for it. And part of it is the people he loved the most were the fans. It's the same reason that we're all there. The people that we love most that make the city what it is, it isn't the infrastructure. It's a wonderful arch, but it isn't the arch. It isn't anything (laughs) else, but it's the people around. And Bobby took that to heart and made sure he gave every one of them a little bit of his time. Terry Ake joining us here on 101 ESPN. Terry, one of the things that in in talking to so many people here over the last 24 hours or listening to so many people that have been telling some of these stories, it feels to me like Bobby Plager was the glue that held everything together, whether that be the front office with the alumni and the fans. Like he was the through line for everybody. As somebody that was so prominently involved with the alumni relations the way that you were, it is that a fair read on this? What was Bobby like for you in that role? Well, he was, he was not only the glue, um, but he was the one that would allow things to happen. If you said you were having a hockey game and everybody would say, what's the roster and is Bobby Plager coming? (laughs) They said, unfortunately, Bobby can't play anymore in the latter years, but he's going to coach. And they're like, okay, good. Uh, We're going to have a banquet. 
Uh, who would you like to come? Well, can Bobby Plager come? <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> it might be could Brett Hall or Al McInnes or you know Chris Pronger come? But it was always would Bobby come as well because they knew Bobby was the storyteller. Bobby was the guy. You know, people wanted to see a little bit of everybody, but Bobby was the guy that was going to make it go. So yeah, it was uh, he was he was definitely the glue, but he was also the centerpiece of everything. And uh, you know. Uh, my understanding is he was going down for uh, an event for Barkley, the dog named after his brother, ironically, um, who passed away many years ago. And, you know, it's just, uh, it just goes to show you Bobby's day was built around. What was he doing for the St. Louis blues today? Yeah. And that, that's a, that's a perfect point there, Yaker. And you know this better than anybody because for a long time you were the head of the alumni association for the blues. And I've done plenty of things with the alumni and I tell people this all the time and you can back this up. It is the best group of former players in the national hockey league. It is the best group of alumni in the national hockey league, not only for what they mean to the team and the city, but for what they do for the city. And Bobby was the heart and soul. Well, we're very proud of the fact that our alumni is, is very well-known and very popular around the National Hockey League and that it gets a very, very high recognition, not just from you guys, but from people all over the NHL. And it wasn't because of me. It has a lot to do with Brett Hall and Al McInnes and Bernie Federico and the players that built a great alumni in St. Louis with Bruce Affleck carrying it on. And then, the, you know, myself and Cam Jansen and Reed Lowe carrying it on beyond that. But... Nobody, nobody did more for the alumni and was a better representative than Bobby. And I don't know how else to put it, but the fact that he did represent St. Louis and he was at every event from probably 1967 (laughs) till today, you know, he was still, he was still a part of everything. And he's the guy that not only helped build it, but make it what it was. And, um, we're always going to be thankful and grateful for that. All right, Yaker, I'm going to leave this open-ended because I know you have probably too many to remember, but I'm going to ask you for one specific. You go wherever you want because you played in that Winter Classic alumni game in St. Louis in front of a huge crowd at Bush Stadium, and behind the bench was Bobby Plager. So was he as hard-nosed of a coach as we all would imagine he was, or is there another story that pops out to you about Bobby Plager? No, well, I didn't have to play for him when the, when it really meant anything. We always got to play these alumni games, but it <laughs> didn't mean anything, right? <laughs> so um, we got the best of Bobby because we got all the all the clever wit, all the clever comments, all the fun and possibly dirty jokes that uh, <laughs> I can't probably tell on air. Um, but we didn't have to worry about the discipline. But I, I know uh, some of the guys that played for them tell them, some of his antics, even when it was really serious and important when he was coaching in the American Hockey League or the NHL level, and I think his wit still shone through then. So, yeah, coaching the Winter Classic, probably even more fun were some of the just the quiet uh, alumni games. When we went to Nashville, uh, when we went and played McKendry University, mm-hmm. yep. when we played Lindenwood, <laughs> and it was just a group of us local guys, guys he knew well, guys he saw – you know, every week he saw once a week at the alumni suite and he could be real Bobby and all the great stories came out. I tell, I tell people all the time, I think he had a uh, dirty joke of the day subscription because (laughs) every day, every day he would come in with a new one and it was, you know, you'd start off and and anybody that was gullible would clearly be sitting there going, Oh really? This is a really good story until you got to the punchline and you realize it was a joke. Now, 
anytime he started a story, I just assumed it was a joke because I'd heard, I'd heard so many of them, but you couldn't help but listen because he found a new way to put a twist on maybe an old joke or uh, relate it to something else. So uh, always, always good for a, a bundle of laughs. Terry, I got to ask you because yesterday I was listening to the fast lane and Jamie Rivers, who has all of the stories you could possibly ask for, was telling a story about uh, one of the times that he was listening to a joke from uh, Bob Plager. If you've got a sec, I would love to play this for you so that way you can hear this joke. And I would love to hear if you have a memory of one of these. Is that okay? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Here's Jamie Rivers telling a joke that he relayed from Bobby Plager yesterday. So to turn it into an actual story that makes it sound like it's you, like that's a whole talent. And this one stuck in my head because it made me laugh so damn hard. And he comes up, and we know it's a joke because Bobby be like, hey, uh, <laughs> last night I was at the bar and uh, had a young lady, quite this gal, she's very pretty. He said, I asked her, how do you like your, your eggs in the morning? She looked at me and didn't know, and I said, "Yeah, like I'm scrambled or fertilized." <laughs> <laughs> that was his. Do you have any jokes that you remember that pop into mind uh, for you? I know you've you've heard a million of them. Do any pop into mind for you? Oh my gosh! Well, unfortunately, way too many. But that <laughs> that is one of my favorite because he would literally use that on everybody. If you were a female, you were not off limits i'm telling you he had his little app on his phone called the jiggler i think it was called so you take a picture with a with a with a a lovely lady and he's like oh let me get a picture with my phone and and then a section of that app would start to jiggle after he played with it for (laughs) half an hour and he'd go show he go show the lady i'll leave it up to your imagination what it was but one of my one of my favorites he he would tell he he would tell his wife the whole time he says listen he said, I told my wife for many, many years, don't don't ever go in my top drawer. And she didn't. She knew. She knew. I was serious. I don't ever go in my top drawer. So she would never go in there. And then after 15 years, she finally went in my top drawer one day when I was gone to work. And I came back from practice and she held this little packet of pills. And she said, what are these, what are these purple pills? And I said, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I know. I know. I'm so sorry. I didn't want you to find out this way. He's like, why do you need Viagra at home? And she's like, well, honey, I'm just trying to keep our, 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 our love life strong. She says like, okay, okay. Well, I guess it's okay. Then I guess it's okay. And then she looked at me after a minute and she said, do you, do you take this stuff on the road? (laughs) Bobby says, hell no, I don't need it on the road. Uh, I'll leave I'll leave that with your imagination. So. Oh my gosh. Uh Yaker, that is phenomenal. Hey buddy, I, I appreciate you taking some time. I know this is not an easy thing to do and very tough last 24 hours for you and the family, but thank you so much for taking some time and coming on today and telling these stories and remembering the life and legacy of Bobby Plager. Uh great to catch up, catch up with you buddy. I hope all is well with you and the family and I look forward to getting to talk with you and seeing you again soon. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for the time. And, uh, you know, to everybody, Bobby was part of uh, Blues Nation. We're all bleeding blue today. Um, I really feel for his family and uh, everybody else. We're all all going to miss him, like, as much as anybody. This this one hurt an awful lot and just didn't hurt me. It's going to hurt everybody in St. Louis. They, I don't think people realize how much he did in this community. So um, I really appreciate the time. And, uh, you know, everybody find your own way to honor Bobby because uh, he deserves it.
You're the best. That's Terry Yake, former Blues forward here on 101 ESPN. Thanks again, man. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. That's Terry Yake joining us here on 101 ESPN. A special man. A sad day, um, but a special day to remember what was, uh, as I mean, as you just heard from some of those stories, a an incredible human being mm-hmm. who was truly, truly one of a kind. Yeah. Coming up next, 65780 is the Air Comfort Service tax line. If you've got some memories that you would like to share about the late great Bob Plager, we will hear from some of you. We will get to Scotty Bowman coming up here in just about 10 minutes or so, getting some stories about what Bob Plager was like as a player for his coach. Can't wait to hear that. And Alex Ferrario dug through some of his memory bank. He's got a fantastic story from John Davidson, a party that John Davidson was at with Bob Plager, and it involved a horse. (laughs) You're going to want to hear that coming up next on 101 ESPN. This is the BK and Ferrario podcast. Now here's BK and Ferrario. We're back here on BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN, your home for the St. Louis Blues, along with Brandon Kiley and Tanner Hendricks, and I'm Alex Ferrario as we are celebrating the life and legacy of Bobby Plager, who passed away yesterday at the age of 78. And a, a tough day coming into this one today, BK, where we were thinking, you know, man, how do you go on the air and, and do this justice? But I think today has been perfect, and we have so much more. But the stories. I think is the important part of Bobby Plager because the stories tell you about the man. We could sit here all day long and tell you how impactful he was in St. Louis and to the community and to the small businesses and the alumni, but the stories really describe Bobby Plager. And I love nothing more than the humor that we have learned about Bobby. And I knew this, you knew this, Jamie Rivers tells the stories all the time, but he had such a way to make everyone laugh and do it in a way that nobody else would have thought that it just, it was, it was Bobby Plager. And so last night during the 50th anniversary for the blues, a few years ago, I did an interview with a bunch of different alumni. Like I think I went through like 75 different players just talking with them about the impact of playing on St. Louis and things like that. I couldn't remember who I talked to about this story. And then I went back into the archives last night and it was John Davidson, of course, who we had on in the 11 o'clock hour. And I asked him, John, do you have a Bobby Plager story? Because everyone has a Bobby Plager story. And he chuckled, and then he went on to tell the story. And I got to tell you, I died laughing. Take a listen. Uh, The best was when uh, my second year pro, I I got married, and we had uh, bought Glenn Sather's home. It was a five-acre package out out in in off Kerr's Mill out west. And we had a couple of Tennessee Walker horses that Glenn had given to us as a wedding present. So the New Year's Eve party was at our house, the New Year's Eve bash. And I look out, and I look, and I see the one of the Tennessee Walker horses named Moonstep. Bobby's got his belt off. It's around the horse's neck, and he's pulling the horse with Floyd Thompson, one of our teammates, on the horse, bareback. Pull it up over the steps and across the uh, the walkway there and into the house. And as Bob's pulling the horse into the house, Floyd hits his head above the door and falls off. And Bob kept pulling the horse into the house and around from room to room. And my wife almost had a heart attack. And every time the horse went around to one room, his hooves would scar the, the hardwood floor. <laughs> <laughs> That's Bob Plager in a nutshell. Just one of the all-time greats. You never knew what he was going to do, but uh, it was a lot of fun. 
I mean, you talk about a perfect story. Bobby Plager and a horse walks into a mansion, and like that is it for you. And then what happens next? I don't know. We we, uh, we don't know, and we probably never will know. I just I, I, when he was telling that story, I'm picturing Bobby carrying this horse in, thinking like, "Oh man, I'm going to get him good." Of course, walking a horse through a freaking mansion, and the teammate is on it. And he falls off the back, and I guarantee Bobby didn't even notice. He just kept going with the horse. Like, that's Bobby Plager, man. I mean, it's he is one of a kind. You cannot duplicate what Bobby Plager was as a man, as a teammate, as a friend, colleague, everything. So with that in mind, remembering that that is the person that we are talking about today, let's talk to his former coach, Scotty Bowman. He's the first St. Louis Blues coach. He's a Hall of Famer. He coached Bobby Plager in Bobby Plager's early days in the league. (laughs) He did so with his brothers on the team. What was that time like? Let's talk to Scotty Bowman about that coming up next on 101 ESPN. This is the BK and Ferrario podcast. Now here's BK and Ferrario. I, I've said this all along. I've said it along easily. You know, one of my top three, five all-time favorite blues moments will always be that number going up, number eight coming down to pick him up and go with him. And uh, it looks like today number eight came down and picked him up one more time. Voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber, talking about Bobby Plager's number five going up into the rafters a few years ago and Barkley Plager, his brother's number coming down and both of those going up. We're back here on BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN, your home for the St. Louis Blues, as we are remembering the life and legacy of Bob Plager, who passed away yesterday at the age of 78. And we are continuing the conversation and plenty of stories to be told of Bobby's career and post-career here in St. Louis. And to do that, we welcome in the Hall of Fame head coach, the former St. Louis Blues head coach, as he was a part of the beginning of the franchise here for the St. Louis Blues. He is Scotty Bowman. Scotty, it is great to talk with you this afternoon. Thank you so much for taking some time and joining us today to talk about the uh, the life and legacy of Bobby Plager. Um, I know such a tough day, but let's just start with the let's start with the player because you, as a young head coach, I'm sure it was not an easy task given to you to coach Bob Plager along with his brothers. Oh, it was a wonderful time, you know. Uh, the original Blues. Uh, as you know, the expansion draft, we, we made, a, I think, one of the significant uh, moves uh, between all the people that were involved, uh, Lynn Patrick and Cliff Fletcher, myself, and we, uh, the, we made a deal with the Rangers. We agreed not to take one of their defensemen, Rod Sealing, because they were, they were one of the powerhouses in the East Division, along with Chicago at that time in Boston. They were... Montreal's always been pretty good, but those three teams were pretty solid. They wanted to keep their defense core, and they uh, they they had to lose three players anyway. So every time they lost the first two players, we were allowed to fill, and we got the fill. One was Bob Plager, and the other was Gary Sabrin. And they also, we were insisted for not taking ceiling. We wanted a good amateur player, and Cliff Fletcher, who was my assistant, he knew the junior ranks, and he picked a good player from Kitchener Juniors, 19-year-old Tim Ecclestone. So we got three pieces to our team. And, of course, you know the trade we made a month into the season, getting um, Red Berenson and Barkley Plager. That was just icing on the cake for, for our team because we had five of our stalwart players picked up 
you know, by just making some moves. And we traded a good player, an older player. Uh, he was 36 years old. He was leading the, leading our team in scoring, Ron Stewart. But he wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna be able to play much after the, that year or two. So, yeah, Bob was a special player with his brother. They were a great tandem. We had a third brother for a little bit, Billy. But I went back a long time with the Plaguers. I coached Barkley in junior in a junior team in Peterborough, Ontario. It was a Montreal farm team when I got started, my first head coaching job. And at that time, uh, Barkley would be probably about 18, and Bob was uh, two years younger, 16. He was playing in Guelph. That was a ranger farm team. That's how he ended up uh, being in the ranger property. So, you know, I got to see him as a junior, and then I got to see him uh, a little bit as a minor leaguer, and then we picked him up. So he was... uh, he and Noel Picard and then Barkley Plager and Al Arbor as the other pair of the, the four defense crew. And then we had Jimmy Roberts and John G. Talbot that could play forward and they could play defense. So, And then you threw in our two goalies. We were a pretty stingy team uh, for about three years. They couldn't score on the Blues. And, and, you know, with the combination of all those good, experienced players, we picked up along the way. But Bob was a tough player. He had a high IQ uh, people didn't really know what kind of a player he was. Well, you know, uh, we can't forget that Bob coached one full season in the farm team of the Blues in 1990-91, won 58 games and lost 19. But he was not coaching. He didn't like the coaching. He wanted to be with the players, you know. And uh, I'm so happy that the Blues kept him along. He went through a lot of tough times in St. Louis, as you know, with all the ownership changes and and then now with the new group, Stom Stillman, and I was very happy that uh, Doug Armstrong and Craig Berube and my good friend Larry Robinson that was had in Montreal, you know, I was really pulling for the Blues in, in that uh, series because uh, I had a lot of affection for those people. And I'm very pleased that they considered Bob as the original Blue, and he was, and it's an awful time. And all our friends uh, of Bob that... Uh, had the news yesterday. Tough time. Tough time. Scotty, the number one thing that I hear about him as a player was the hip check, and it's it's become <laughs> famous here in St. Louis. Can you tell us a little bit about what that was like to watch him with the hip check back in the day? I don't know why they did it because oh he he could uh, he would catch players with their head down. Barkley could do the same thing, but his was a little bit lower. Barkley uh, was he, they were physical players and. No, nowadays that's that's banned because they they worry about the players getting their knee injuries. But uh, yeah, just a quick story on Bob. Uh, Gordy Howe was still playing for Detroit. He still was an effective player. He wasn't in his prime, but he was in his uh, late forties, I think, and uh, you know, or early forties. And uh, we played them in the, in the arena one night, and uh, we had a veteran defenseman, Doug Harvey, that uh, helped me a lot. It was the second year, and. Doug, Doug, you know, he would t- talk to the players, and he knew Doug, Gordy Howe. He said, look, sometimes he doesn't feel like playing. Let's not touch him. Just let him play his game. Don't wake him up. He might sleep. And one night, Bob Plager, he didn't take that advice very much, and he he nailed Gordy Howe and woke him up, and we paid for it. But but he could really hit. I mean, he uh, any players that come through the neutral zone with speed, head down, they're going to pay a price, and uh, and that's what he did. And, uh, you know, he was a good penalty killer. He and Noel Picard were as tough a tandem as ever played in the league. They both they could stand up for anything they could do. I mean, 
you know, now we got physical players now that play physical and then they don't answer the bell, but Bob could do that. You know, we didn't like him to do it because we wanted him on the ice, but uh, he was a special player. He didn't have a lot of speed, but he had, uh, he knew how to play. And when you're, you know, I, I used to play them in the last couple of minutes of the game because they knew how to protect the lead. They knew uh, what the game was all about and is a great team player. And uh, I got to know him pretty well the last uh, few years as we got cell phones and I used to text them and I, I, I gave him a good text that two years ago, the blues were not a favorite when they won that cup, but they won after they won the first round, I text Bob and I said, Bob, your, your uh, notoriety is in jeopardy because you're going to be considered a, a St. Louis blue that got to the final and didn't win. And I said, you know, your team might win this year. And then I got a good kick out of it because I would see him on TV and he wouldn't watch the game. It looked like he was in the corridor. And I, I texted him one night and I said, Bob, wh- why can't you watch the game? I said, you know, you remind me of when you played, I could hardly watch you play, you know? <laughs> so great man. And uh, he, he loved to, he loved to bander with everybody in hockey that I, I mean, I, I had to call some people and they said, we didn't know him like you did, but he always was personable. He addressed no matter who you were, some you know, low-ranking scout come to a game. He was so proud eh, of being a St. Louis Blue, and and I'm so happy that the players and I hear now, fellows like David Perron and all these players that uh, you know, David Backus, they all they're all how how much he meant to them as players, and uh, that's a good point, you know that. Uh, when you get veteran alumni to be close to teams, the players appreciate that, and it, it builds that team spirit. Where you can't win cups and you can't be competitive, you don't have. A, it's a team game, and Bob was the ultimate team player. Scotty, we had another former teammate of yours on earlier today, Terry Crisp, or team, not teammate, a player of yours, Terry Crisp, on to talk yeah, about Bobby yeah. Plager. And he talked about how Bobby was the ultimate prankster on that roster. And oh, he told yeah. us he got you a couple of times as well. <laughs> I'm assuming it was no holds bar when Bobby was around, right? Oh, that's right. And uh, another story with Bob is in those days, players got one-year contracts. And after our second run to the finals, uh, I, I was a manager, and I had to sign the players. And, of course, uh, I took on Barkley Plager first and signed Barkley to well, – there's always one-year contracts, you know. And then Bob came in the next day because we were signing all the players, and he threw a real curveball at me. He said, well, Coach, you know my value to this team. I'm going to trust you to pay me what you think I'm worth. And I said, wow. You know, and I kind of took step back for about 20 seconds. But he said, I want to tell you one thing. I will not take a cent letter less than my brother Barkley. <laughs> you know, so he put the pressure on, you know, that, that's the way he was. But uh, they were so close together, you know, and I was I was just uh, so, so in awe of when he took the uh, Stanley Cup to Barkley's graveside. You know, that's the kind of that's the kind of guy he was, even with his own teammates. I'm sure you could talk to Glenn Hall or any of the living members Frank St. Marseille, Gary Savern. I mean, it was a true team spirit that allowed our team to compete and win those first three years. It, it was uh, as great a team. I didn't have all the skill of other Hall of Fame players that won cups, but that team was so close and so much together that, uh, you know, they'll walk together for life, you know. 
Scotty, one of the things that I've read so much about, especially over the last couple of days, but going all the way back to when his number was lifted up into the rafters as well, was March 1st, 1969. It was the day when the Plager brothers were all on the same line together. They started at forward against the Montreal Canadiens. Can (laughs) you tell me about that decision? (laughs) What went into it? How did you inform the brothers that they were going to be playing together? What what was that day like, and why did you decide to do it for them? Well, Bob and Barkley, when see Billy was a Minnesota North Star, and he was not as talented. And he wasn't as big as, as his two brothers. You know, he was the younger brother. And we did pick him up. I don't know how we ended up getting him on the trade or waivers or whatever it was. And they they they, uh, they were so close that they, they kind of kept after me and said, you know, what, what about when you go to Montreal? We, could you put them could us put, put us together to start the game? And I said, well, it'll certainly confuse the other coach. So I'll do it. <laughs> so. We did that. We did that just to give it a little bit of history. I mean, Bob, uh, Billy played a couple of hundred NHL games. I mean, he was kind of the forgotten one of the three, but, you know, he wasn't as uh, he wasn't as qualified as they were. But he got his taste of the NHL, and uh, sadly, Billy left us much younger than he should have, too. And uh, it's, a, it's a sad time for, for the uh, followers of the Plager family, you know, now. But, no, that's why. That's, what, that's a true story. I did did start them because, uh, you know, Barkley was a great defenseman that liked to make, see, in those days, defensemen didn't rush very much. I mean, Bobby Orr was just starting at that time and, uh, defensemen stayed home and defended and, uh, Barkley liked, liked to take off with the puck and, uh, but it was a good combination because see Barkley played with Al Arbor and Al Arbor was a defensive defenseman. And he, he had a good influence on Bob Plager too. Uh, because uh, Al had a storied minor league career until the league expanded. And, uh, you know, he's got his name on the cup as a player with Toronto a couple of times and Detroit and Chicago, but he wasn't a regular, but he was a, a call-up player late in the season. So, but no, that, that those guys, they knew how to play. And uh, I mean, when you, when they say you hear the, you hear the, the version now that uh, we got to play the right way. Well, the the Plaguers and those guys played the right way. Scotty, a uh, final question for you from me. Uh, we talk so much about Bobby as a player, but we also got to talk about Bobby as a coach because he did coach in the NHL for 11 games. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, that final game as a head coach, you coached against him. So uh, we got to get a little behind the curtains. What's Bobby Plager like <laughs> as a head coach? Well, he beat me. So, uh, <laughs> I think he said he was the only coach that ever coached against me and ended up with a with a winning record, but he was kidding me. <laughs> but no, I remember that game. I don't know if it was I, – I probably was with maybe Pittsburgh or Detroit. I don't know. It would probably be in the 90s because, see, Bob Bob coached in Peoria in the 90-91 season. So, because I remember that. I was not a coach in Pittsburgh. My first year I went to Pittsburgh, I was director of player personnel – and I remember contacting them either by by a phone call, not a cell phone, but saying, Bob, you know, we won another cup. Or so I won another cup. And he said, no, not as a coach. I just won the IHL championship as a coach. <laughs> so he always he always had the last say, you know, and I used to kid him a lot. And uh, but no, it was uh, he was just a great team player. And I'm so happy. You know, he went through a lot of tough times with the Blues, the late Ron Caron. 
uh, brought them back at different times. And, uh, you know, the Blues always didn't have a lot. A lot they weren't like they are today. They were, you know, the, one of the more stable franchises in the league. And uh, that's what I said before. I appreciate the way Doug Armstrong and Craig Berube and Tom Stillman, of what they did, because they knew the value of Bob as, as a former Blue player. And uh, he's going to be missed by all of us. Scotty Bowman joining us here on 101 ESPN here for just another minute or so. Scotty, I did want to ask you because you look back at that 2019 run and as much as St. Louis wanted Mm -hmm. that cup for the Blues, for those players, for this fan base, everybody here also wanted that for Bobby Plager as well. When you were able to, I don't know how much of the parade you were able to see, but when you were able to watch Bobby Plager in the aftermath, his celebration, as you mentioned, when he went to his brother's gravesite to to toast Mm -hmm. the champagne to him, what did that mean to you to be able to see Bobby Plager finally get the cup that he had been waiting 50 years for here in St. Louis? Well, if anybody deserves to to be on the Stanley Cup winning team, he was the epitome of a St. Louis blue player stuck, stuck with them through thick and thin. And I mean, you could just see how much he meant to the team, but, and also to himself, he was, he was pulling so much for that team. He, he, you know, he, he was pretty nervous and he, and, and I, I could understand his, his feeling because he had, you know, he had been in the, in the league for 50 plus years and you come, you come close a few times and, you know, other times it's really tough when you lose that, last game of the season and you don't have any more games. And uh, I felt so good for the whole group and uh, the way that he meshed with the, with Larry Robinson, a hall of fame player who helped the blues go through. And, you know, the blues built a very good defense core. And uh, as we, as you know, the loss of uh, Jay Bowmister and also the loss of uh, Alec Pedrangelo, it's a, it's a tough sledding, but they'll, they'll get back onto it. Uh, and the loss of Pareko, but Bob Bob would have Bob would have probably offered his services knowing him. <laughs> when, <laughs> that's the way he was. He always had somebody on the edge. But no, it was great for uh, for uh, hockey, and it was great for Bob Plager. Scotty, I can't thank you enough for taking some time and coming on with us today. It's great to hear these stories and just continue to laugh and remember the life and legacy of Bobby Plager as a coach, a player, and a man. So thank you so much for taking some time. All the best to you and the family, and we look forward to talking with you again soon, sir. Well, thank you, and I I know the people of St. Louis have lost something that all of us have in uh, the fabric of the St. Louis Blues, and I'm very pleased to have talked to you. Thank you. Thank you, Scotty. That's Scotty Bowman joining us here on 101 ESPN. I just, I, we've we've now talked to former teammates, his former coach, all from those late 60s teams, the three straight Stanley Cup final appearances for them. I can't even imagine, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall yeah. for those teams because just an unbelievable group and the stories that you hear, somebody mm-hmm. on our text line mentioned it earlier and it's true, it's as if you're watching the real life version of Slapshot. Exactly. That's that's who they seemingly yep. were in the, back in the day. And our guy Jeremy Rutherford who uh, who just tweeted out if you want to check it out, you can head over to his Twitter account JP Rutherford. Um, he just tweeted out the tweet or the text from Scotty Bowman to Bobby during the playoff and he said, Mr. Player's longevity record for being one of the few survivors of 68, 69, 70 cup final participant may be in jeopardy as the blues of 2019 look mighty strong and just might go there too. regards, Bob. That's, that's the cool part about this. Like these guys were so close and we talk all the time about hockey players are so humble. They're so down to earth. You wouldn't find anybody more humble than a guy like Bob Plager. 
But a guy like Scotty Bowman, who went, he, he didn't even spend a majority of his career here in St. Louis. His career and legacy are from Montreal and Detroit. But he's still just as much of a St. Louis blue as Bob Plager was. And that's the same with Terry Crisp. That's the same as any of those guys you just heard him mention. But it's because of how close these guys were and how much fun they had together. Like, that's the part that I think we might forget. It wasn't so much... It wasn't as much as we do in hockey now where we're talking X's and O's and why isn't this thing working out? Yeah. Bobby took that to heart. Like he would be upset when the Blues weren't playing well. But it was more about the laughs and the fun that they had along the way that you remember rather than the struggles. They were the founding fathers. That's exactly right? like yeah. that, that's that's how you gotta look at this, is they were the original blues. Yeah. And Bobby will forever be a part of that. Yeah. Uh, as well as Scotty Bowman being a part of it, like that whole group, they're just, they're always going to be remembered for mm-hmm. what they did here. Um, 68, 69, 70. Yeah. In fact, they went to those three cups. It's, it's they'll incredible. forever be remembered for it. It's 111, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Joey Vitale, Blues analyst for 101 ESPN. We continue with the stories, we continue with the laughs. He's going to remember the late, great Bob Plager with us coming up next on 101 ESPN. This is the BK and Ferrario podcast. Now here's BK and Ferrario. We're talking blues hockey. It's the Joey Vitale Report on 101 ESPN. Brought to you by the Electrical Connection. When you need quality electrical work for your home or business, visit electricalconnection.org. Bobby, we love you. How long have you been waiting for this, and how good does it feel? Well, first of all, it's unbelievable. My goal was to win a Stanley Cup. I never got to win it three times there. But this year, I got my parade, and it was a heck of a parade. Thank you, St. Louis. You're the greatest fan. Got a, a phrase I'm going to always remember. I wanted my parade. I'm going to get my parade. Bobby Plager, as we are remembering the life and legacy of number five in your program and number one in your hearts, as uh, Bobby passed away yesterday at the age of 78. It's BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN, your home for the St. Louis Blues. We've had plenty of that today. Uh, remembering Bobby's life and legacy, we're going to have plenty more as the fast lane today from 2 to 6. Some great interviews. Alex Petrangelo, Brett Hall are going to be a part of the program. And then we got uh, Blues Hockey tonight where we will remember those guys on the pregame and, of course, on the broadcast with Curbs and Joey. And as we head to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line, we welcome in Joe Vitale with us. And, Joe, you were on on stage for that moment you were in Boston for that moment watching Bobby hold that cup what was that like man like take me into that locker room because I know you and Curbs were in there when he was being doused with beer <laughs> after the Blues won in Boston yeah it was uh it was something because you know you look at the players obviously they're a part of it the coaches the trainers and staff and and the way the Blues kind of brought everyone in uh that night in Boston what was amazing but no one was more excited for anyone in that room than everyone was for, you know, Bobby Plager that night. And I think of, you know, how he came in that room and how the boys were just showering him with beer. And, <laughs> and he was like that grandpa for everyone, right? Where everyone was just, you know, loved being around him. His, his attitude, his energy was contagious. It was infectious. Uh, a man that could make you think and laugh all in the same sentence. And he was so quick for the, for the joke. And he was so quick for humor and for the knowledge of the game, I mean, I don't know if it was a guy that knew more about Blues personnel and Blues history and hockey, like Bobby, not only from reading it in a book, but, man, he, he lived it. You know, he lived it every single day of his life, obviously being the original one coming over here 
during the expansion draft, player, coach, scout, coached the American Hockey League, became an ambassador, just just wonderful with fans, wonderful with, you know, kids and players and, you know, just media and just there's there's not much more you can say about him. I mean, he was just he was the full package, as they say. Joey, I know being somebody from here, you you grew up and you knew of Bobby Plager, but do you remember when you met Bobby Plager and what that first meeting was like for you? Yeah, you know, I actually do, uh, BK. It was kind of a it was kind of a cool meeting because I, I didn't actually meet him until I until I you know got the job with the Blues, and I've heard a lot about him. I'll of course see him around town, but never really came across him. You know, and I, when I got the Blues broadcasting job, which again I didn't think I was going to get, you know, there were some some wonderful names and some very qualified people on that list uh, to get that to get that job and a wonderful opportunity. And then I remember the first day I came in after getting it, and I was meeting a bunch of people, and and Bobby just said to me, he's like, "Nice to meet you, Joe," and you know, I've heard nothing but great things about you, and and you're going to do a great job here. And that was just it was kind of a breath of, of confidence for me because you know I looked at listen, I never played for the Blues. I wasn't really attached to the Blues. I, I played my years elsewhere, uh, but, but being from here, uh, but I just felt felt like a little maybe self conscious at the beginning, like I'm not an alumni, I'm not, you know, I didn't really represent the note. So maybe is it how am I going to be received here? I guess it was my thing, and and to hear that news and to hear that comment from Bobby, who is Mr. Blues Hockey, really was just a generous um, a generous you know exchange of words to me and kind of gave me the the confidence and a very good feeling that, you know, I, I belong here and I, and I can do a good job here. So, you know, looking back on that moment, uh, that that's what Bobby was all about. He was about just encouraging people and showing people, you know, a loving side and a wonderful side that, you know, we could all be uh, in this wonderful game together and a part of this whole thing together where just no drama and just no anxiety, just, just enjoy what you do. And then he's, you know, very including in this whole family. Joe, you're uh, you're integrated in in youth hockey here in St. Louis, and you know you tell a great story about how your daughter met uh, Kendall Coyne and saw her play on the ice in that All Star game, and how she wanted to play hockey. But I know your boys are just as much into it, and I'm sure Bobby Plager has a big part of that. Had a big part of it for you. And we talked to a buddy of yours, Pat Maroon, earlier today, who talked about his impact on youth hockey. And when you see these rinks, when you see the amount of kids that are playing the game it all cycles back to what Bobby Plager started back in 1967, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does, Alex. It's amazing how far the game has come. You know, looking at, you know, my kids are over here in Kirkwood. We look at any organization. It's amazing to see how many kids are actually playing the sport now. I mean, growing up here in St. Louis, I, you know, I was born in 85. I started playing hockey around 1993. And, you know, there was – 30 kids trying out in the might level. So you either made A, B, or C, and that was it. And there was, you know, 15 kids per team, and that was that was all she wrote. Now there's, you know, there's like four top A divisions. There's like six mid divisions. There's like seven or eight teams on the bottom division. It just, it's very competitive, but it just goes to show you how far it's come and, and how people just really have fallen in love with this game. And I think you can credit Bobby to, to bring in part of that here. To St. Louis, I think of you know Bobby Plager. I think of what Brett Hall did in the '90s. Just so many great ambassadors of Blues hockey. They kind of took it that extra step. They're not there just to play the sport, but they recognized that there was something way more and way beyond just stepping on the ice and playing in front of sixteen, seventeen thousand people in front of the, wearing that blue note and, and representing this team. It, it went beyond that. It went beyond that the, to the city. And, and when you come to St. Louis, like Bobby and Brett and those kind of guys did, you can't help but 
feel that that presence and energy of this city and you want to get embedded in it. You want to like dive into it. And for these players like Bobby and Brett, what better way and what more natural way than just get back into youth hockey. There's something just so wonderful about hockey players and the way they were brought up. They were had, they had success in what they were doing, but it, it's such an impact on their lives where then they look back and, you know, once they've made it, they're like, well, how did I get here? And who helped me? And then that feeling goes from, well, I really love that. Now I'm going to be that. I want to go out there and do the same thing that they did for me. And I want to be the encouragement. I want to be the coach. I want to be the guider and the inspirator, of course, throughout all these kids' lives to show them the greatest sport in the world, which is the sport of hockey. We're talking to Joey Vitale here on 101 ESPN. He's the Blues analyst. You'll hear him on the call for the game tonight. Blues versus Wild Wolf pregame coverage with Alex coming up at 6. Puck drop for that one coming up at 7. Joey, I was, I've been paying attention to the quotes coming out of the Blues um, pregame interviews today. And I mean, let's be honest, the game is totally secondary today. David Perron, I thought, had a great quote, though, on Bobby Plager. And he said, you know, he's the reason why I love St. Louis so much. Everyone keeps asking me, why do you keep coming back? It's for that type of guy right there. That's why I keep coming back to St. Louis again. That's what David Perron had to say. And all the guys ever wanted to do is to sign here in St. Louis. And Joey, I'm, I'm an outsider, right? I grew up in Kansas City. I moved here because I'm going to be married to a St. Louis girl. And frankly, that's why a lot of people move to St. Louis, because they meet somebody from here and then they stay forever, right? <laughs> How much of that, though, Bobby Plager, as being an alumni that stayed, stayed here forever, how much did he contribute towards that for the Blues alumni, in your opinion? How much of the alumni staying around is because of Bobby Plager? Yeah, I mean, the majority of it, the majority of credit goes to him, who kind of spearheaded that thing. You know, you look at you look at Bobby for sticking around. You look at this. I mean, I think we have the best alumni organization in the entire in the entire league, and it's it's amazing to think that a city like St. Louis might, because you look at all these prolific teams across the country, the Maple Leafs and the Penguins and, you know, the Rangers, and you just kind of go on and on, the Montreal Canadiens. But I'm telling you right now, it's St. Louis has a way about bringing people back in, and I think it can really be credited to the way the players, like I was t- talking earlier, BK, the way players were received upon arriving. You know what I mean? And I think mm-hmm. that, that that, to me, is what it's all about. So when you show up, there is a level of, of connection with the people in the city. There's a level of family and you, and you look at your kids and how they're raised in the city. And there's just something very, very special about how much people care about you in this city. And then players kind of continue to evolve here in the city. And even when they go away, they kind of come back. Look at like Kika Chuck and some Billy Garen loves it here in St. Louis, who now is the general manager of the Minnesota wild. There, there is something very pulling about this city. And I think it really just comes through the roots, the roots, excuse me, and the communities here and just the way people treat other people. And that at the end of the day is all people care about, right? It's just your relationships and how, how, how much quality are in those relationships. You know, St. Louis is a wonderful balanced town where we love sports, but we also uh, have the humility to let these players kind of like just be at the same time. You know, you go to Toronto, a uh, huge sports town, right? But people don't leave those players alone. And, and then players kind of feel this kind of maybe a little superficial phoniness to a little bit of the connections they're making up there, right? And then you go to, to a place like let's call Fort Lauderdale where, you know, it's, it's not a very good hockey town. And people probably leave you alone and you probably like that too, but it's not a good hockey town. Mm-hmm. Well, St. Louis right in the heartland of hockey, right in, in this middle of this country has found that balance, right? And that's why players love it because you, you can come here 
and there's just this amazing uh, connection to the sport of hockey. You love the love the city. The city loves sports. The new soccer team coming when the Rams were here was spectacular. Uh, Cardinals fans forget about it, and then Blues. You know what I mean? Just there's the amazing sport passion in the city. So players, a they love that. But then there's this wonderful mix that they can kind of go out and kind of be on their own and kind of like people kind of leave them alone and, and it's a great place to raise family and then people kind of give them respect and their space to do just that. So that's why people love it. And, you know, Bobby was one of those guys, one of the first that kind of played here and sticking around here and falling back in love with the city that has given him so much in return. Joe, um, uh, we've this is not an easy day for anybody, but more specifically the guys that are going to be playing tonight against Minnesota. And I would imagine uh, this is not going to be an easy game for them to get through. Guys like David Perron who have had touching quotes about Bobby Plager. I don't know if you've ever been in this scenario before where someone passed away before a hockey game, but what do you think some of these guys are going to be going through tonight? Just get through the game. You know what I mean? It just, it's just that simple. I, I know, listen, I know we're in a bit of a race here. and We got, we got scratch and claw for some points. And the players are going to go out there and they're going to do the very best they can. But at the same time, just get to the game, just get home. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. that, that's one of the biggest things. You know, this has been a long road trip. It's been a long year and a long road trip on top of that. So for these players, just, you know, go out there and, and play your hearts out for Bobby and, and play as hard as you can, right? And just know that uh, how would he want you guys to go play? If it was Bobby was here in that locker room, he'd be like, stop crying, you bunch of freaking babies. Go out there and <laughs> knock someone's head off, right? So that's what that's what I think that the players are going to try to help hopefully remember. But at the same time, it's a very emotional thing. It's very hard to kind of get through. Uh, I will say with this particular group, this is something that this team has had to go through. I mean, you look at uh, the tragedy of Jaden Schwartz's father yeah. uh, just recently. That, that was tough news, and this team can, can rally around that. Look what happened to Jay Bowmeister last year. You know, he collapses in Anaheim. Again, the team had a rally around that. So I think of this situation as uh, another opportunity for this Blues team to just rally around. You know, sometimes in life you just can't help bad things that happen, but you can really kind of help, you know, help things move along yeah. by just kind of controlling things and, and, and understanding that, you know, there's only so much we can control. But going out there and just and just playing your hearts out and everything like that because, you know, it, it is a game, but at the same time, you know, I know they're going to want to bring that passion for Bob. Joe, uh, appreciate the time, my man. I know this isn't easy for anybody, but uh, I appreciate you coming on and, and telling the stories with us. Um, it's going to be a fun broadcast tonight. I know we're going to have a lot of audio from Bobby Plager and, and people talking about Bobby Plager, and I know you'll second this, but I'm going to miss seeing him come into the booth uh, moving forward and just kind of sitting behind us or standing behind us while we call the games. Yes, I, I will too, Alex. Absolutely, and holding his cup of coffee and yep. and uh, taking jabs at certain players who need to pick it up. You know, he was an honest guy. He's like, "What the hell is wrong with so and so tonight?" Like, I don't know, Bob, but I wish I could say it on the air, but unfortunately, I can't. But he he basically he um, he shot it straight. That, yep. That's one thing we'll miss about him. But God, funnier than hell. But yeah, he's a great man. Left a hell of a legacy. He ran hard and um, he did his part here on Earth, and we'll we'll be missing him. Yeah, no question. Thanks so much, Joe. We'll talk to you tonight, buddy. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, BK. You're the best, man. Appreciate you. That's Joey Vitale, Blues analyst for 101 ESPN, joining us here on the show. By the way, the St. Louis Blues have tweeted out uh, they've got a picture of the back of Ryan O'Reilly's helmet in his locker um, tonight. I don't know if this is going to be for the rest of the season. I don't know if it's just a one-night thing. I don't know what they're going to do. But uh, at least for tonight, there is a sticker on the back of Ryan O'Reilly's helmet to his left side of his number they will have the number five on their helmet, at least for tonight. Don't know what the plan is for that moving forward, yeah. but uh, a worthwhile tribute. I certainly. would imagine tomorrow night, of course, the home game against Anaheim is going to be a uh, a big tribute to him. 
uh, for Bobby Plager. And yeah, I would imagine BK that that five is going to be on there. If not, on, so. if not a crest on the Jersey for the rest of the season for these guys with Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendricks. And I'm Brandon Kylie. six, five, seven, eight. Oh, is the air comfort service text line. The Rhino shield mic drop feature is also on the one Oh one ESPN app. We've got about 15 minutes until we get to the crossover, get some of your memories, some of the laughs, some of the, long-lasting uh, moments that are going to stick with you from your time with Bob Plager. We'll get into some of those coming up next. Hey, by the way, March is almost over, which means we're almost done mentioning App Madness here on the air. 101 ESPN and our sister stations down the hall are all competing in App Madness. It ends next Wednesday, less than a week from today. So what we need you to do, download the 101 ESPN app, register your info on that app between now and next Wednesday. And if you keep listening the way you always have, You'll get a chance to win $500 cash, a Traeger grill, a replica Nolan Arenado jersey, and much, much more. It's all over on the 101 ESPN app, all part of our app madness. We'll hear some of your memories. Give some more of ours coming up next on 101 ESPN. This is the BK and Ferrario podcast. Now here's BK and Ferrario. Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson. I'm Brandon Kylie. It's been obviously a sad day given the passing of Bob Plager, but hearing John Davidson, Terry Crisp, Pat Maroon, Terry Yake, Scotty Bowman, and Joey Vitale all telling stories about the late great Bob Plager has been absolutely remarkable. And we don't just want to hear from the former Blues, we also want to hear from you guys because. What made Bob Plager such a special individual was that he was one of us. He was a guy. When you saw him out at a restaurant or at the Blues Arena, wherever, Bob Plager treated himself as if he was any of the rest of us, and he just wanted to get to know you in that time that he spent with you. So 65780 is the Air Comfort Service text line. We also have the Rhino Shield mic drop feature available on the 101 ESPN app. If you have a memory that stands out in your mind's eye, would love to hear from some of you. Uh, let's start with Adam, who told us a story that he had with Bob Plager. One of my greatest memories as a Blues fan was when I came to St. Louis to a Cardinals game that we'd already planned. The Blues just happened to be in the middle of the Stanley Cup Finals in June of 2019. I ran into Bobby at the team store, and I was in awe. Um, he couldn't have been any nicer. We chatted and got my picture made with him. It just says a lot about the guy um, to talk to me and to make me feel special that day. That's just it, man. Like you, you would show up somewhere and be like, "Is that Bobby Plager?" Oh my God, it's Bobby Plager. And you'd go over and be like, hey, Bobby. And then you would have a long conversation. And I forgot, I think it was Terry Yake that said it. He didn't rush through conversations. Like this man would talk to you for a good 45 minutes. And I've seen him do it a couple of times, asking the person he's talking to if they would like a picture rather than someone asking him for the picture. So it was incredible. The man would just show up at every event. And again, it's not just sporting events. Like he would be at the you know, poker into the casino night for the St. Louis blues. He would show up at a Cardinals event. He would be at the Jack Buck awards. If he even wasn't honoring or getting an award, the man just based his schedule around what St. Louis wanted from him rather than what he wanted from St. Louis. And I think that just tells you a perfect story of who Bob Plager was. It's amazing. It really is. He, I, I said this, um, 
earlier today, and I really do mean it. One of the things that is so remarkable about Bob Plager is that he simply had any time for any of this. Like, the guy was everywhere, and he talked to everybody, and he was genuinely... This is the thing that I think stands out to him about me, or uh, about him to me, rather. He was genuinely interested in what you had to say. Yeah. Like, that is so unique. How many times do we walk down the halls here, even, right? And you say, hey, how you doing today? You don't actually care. You're just asking it, right? Well, and and remind, me, care. remind me not to say that to be care when he says it to me. We're well, like, oh, okay, thanks, we're, buddy. We're all busy, right? People yeah. do that to you. And you're like, oh, I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. How are you doing today? And they just like keep on walking and you right. move on, right? That wasn't Bob Plager. Bob Plager would ask you, how are you doing today? Wait for your response on bated breath and then would continue the conversation based upon what you had just said. Yeah. It, it, it's a really special thing, and it's it's a it's a lost art in a lot of ways. I think we all can take something from that today, especially Absolutely. hearing everyone talk about it. it. It is one of those things that Bobby never rushed through life. Bobby kind of lived every life to the actual moment, and he would sit there and be within that moment rather than just rushing around. Because, again, this guy did everything, played, coached, scouted, coached the minor league system, was a part of the marketing team, was a broadcaster for a while. Heck, he might have done the Jersey laundry in games, if I'm not mistaken. He would have helped him win. I'm sure he would have. (laughs) So, like, this, it's something to take away that we all rush through life, and you're right, BK, rather than just stopping and kind of enjoying and taking it all in, and that's what Bobby did best. Let's get one more of these uh, Rhino Shield mic drops on the 101 ESPN app. Continue sending these in. I know uh, the fast lane will get to as many as they can, I would imagine, today as well. Here's uh, here's Joe talking about his opportunity to get to know Bob Plager a little bit. Bobby was the best. I started going to the Blues games about when he got to St. Louis. I was lucky enough to go to hockey school in 70 and 71 at the Plager Picard Sabrin Hockey School, and he was, you know, so funny, so nice. Obviously was a great teacher on hockey, as was Barkley, and and just two of the nicest guys you'd ever meet. And then later, I'd uh, see him out, and we'd have a beer once in a while. So just, we love Bobby, and uh, we miss him. I want to read a, can I read one more text? This this one got me laughing. Uh, It's from the 636. When I was 11 years old, I was at Blues Hockey School at Winterland Rink made a bet with my instructor that I could skate in and score on this goalie easily. He said, if you don't, kid, I get to cut your hair. Well, I didn't, and he sat me in the middle of the locker room with scissors in hand, proceeded to convince everyone that he was actually going to do it. That instructor was Bob Plager. He said, I loved him before that and loved him ever since. That's incredible. It's awesome. Absolutely incredible. With Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendricks, and I'm Brandon Kylie. Hey, the Fastlane has an unbelievable show coming up for you guys. They've got Alex Steen, Bruce Affleck, Br- uh, Brad Hull, Alex Petrangelo, David Backus, John Hamm. I'm sure throughout the day there might be a surprise here or there as well. Jamie Rivers is in today. Jeremy Rutherford is in with him for the full show today. BT's in with him. It's going to be an unbelievable show, and I can't wait to hear them. We'll cross things over with the guys coming up next on 101 ESPN. This is the BK and Ferrario podcast. Now here's BK and Ferrario. Time now for the crossover. Brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Close to home or close to work. For quality tires and expert auto service, you can always count on Dobbs. been a rough day here in st louis but also on 101 espn um we've talked to a number of bob plager's former teammates 
talked to Scotty Bowman, his former coach. We talked to guys that were in the alumni association with him, like Terry Yake. We talked to Joey Vitale, and I know plenty more on the memories that people have with um, one of the one of the great blues of all time is coming up on the fast lane with Jeremy Rutherford and Jamie Rivers and Brad Thompson. We're crossing things over right now with Jr., who's going to be in with the guys today. Jr., how you doing, man? Doing great. How you doing? Uh, doing all right. It was it's tough day because I mean, no nobody saw this coming, right? It was so sudden. But also, what I what I love about guys like Bobby Plager um, is that when you remember them. It's about the laughs. It's about the good times. And so, and there are so many of them for so many different people that everybody is able to share some of those laughs and the good times. And that is the way that we're able to remember him. So that's, I think that's helped a lot of people get through it today. Yeah, so that's really, been good. really, really the case. And uh, listening to the station all day, uh, you guys have done a phenomenal job bringing uh, very pertinent people to Bobby's life onto the airwaves. Scotty Bowman, great interview, uh, listening to him. And that's all we can do right now. It really is, is tell these stories. And you know a lot of them, but after Bobby passes yesterday for everybody to pull together and just drop everything and, you know, just for a few hours, we're not considered, you know, we're, we're not talking about the Minnesota Wild. We can do that tonight at 7 yeah. o'clock. Let, let's talk about Bobby Plager and what he meant to this organization because, as people have been telling you all day today, BK, this organization is not what it is without number 5. It's not what it is, and St. Louis isn't what it is without him. You know, um, one of the things we talked to Pat Maroon earlier today, who grew up here, was a part of, and same thing for Joey Vitale, was a part of the youth hockey um, here in the city. And I know now you have a son as well who's a part of this. Bobby Plager, that, that's a part of his legacy here as well, is the growth of hockey in this town. You know, and I think that's a big part of this too. Yeah, his uh, grandson Jacob played. I was on the ice when they uh, commemorated the ice, the Bobby Plager rink out at Centene. Mm-hmm. You've been out there uh, with his name on it, and his family was out there. His grandkids were skating on the ice, and, and you're right. Um, you know, talking to Bobby over the years about my son playing, he's just so excited for how much uh, hockey has developed, and he's seen it, you know, from way beyond uh, day one. I mean, he was here uh, before hockey even took off here. And uh, so I think he's proud of what's been developed in the city. And you're right, not just the organization. Bobby is a huge part of this community and, and where we are today. If you missed anything from today's show, it is all available on the 101 ESPN app. It's available at 101ESPN.com. We've got a special page on the website right now as well with all of the interviews that we've been doing, remembering uh, the late, great Bob Plager. On the show today, we had John Davidson, former Blues president. We had Terry Crisp, a f- uh, former teammate of Bobby Plager. We had Pat Maroon, Terry Yake, Scotty Bowman, Joey Vitale. Again, if you missed any of that, check it out on the podcast page, 101ESPN.com or the 101 ESPN app. Coming up today on the Fast Lane, you guys have a loaded show. This is going to be awesome. I'm really looking forward to listening. Alex Steen, Bruce Affleck, Brett Hall. Alex Petrangelo, David Backus, John Hamm, all scheduled to join you guys at some point throughout the show today. So I can't wait to listen, um, to hear some of the memories, some of the laughs that I'm sure these guys shared with Bob Plager. And uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. Yeah, I can't wait, BK. And you know what? When you read the list, not only the list uh, that we have coming up at the Fastlane, but what you guys uh, had today, those are people who are responding to messages right away. And mm-hmm. it's it's hard to get some of these people on the phone. It really is. But this is a situation where 
they wanted to speak on behalf of whatever area they knew Bob Plager, whether it was uh, just in life or whether it was hockey or whether it was up close or whether it was afar, uh, they want to talk about Bob Plager. And so all these people, I just think it's terrific coming out of the absolute woodwork to tell their personal stories. And we'll talk to a number of those people that today. Yeah, it shows you what you, what he meant to the city, to this organization, um, to everybody, to the fans as well. Uh, it's, it, it's pretty cool. Hey, there's still a few days left to sign up and join Michelle Smallman in participating in the Michelob Ultra Seltzer Virtual 5K, just $25 sign up up proceeds benefit pedal the cause by signing up you'll get a uh, premium ultra seltzer running shirt then complete your run anytime before the end of the month you can get more details and get signed up for the Michelob ultra seltzer virtual 5k now at 101 espn.com we'll be back tomorrow at 11 the fast lane is coming up next right here on 101 espn well it's very special the noodle the blue note has been very special and We've always said it's not the name in the back, it's the blue note on the front, so that's what you play for. And I told all the fellas here, the only thing missing with this blue note is a parade down Market Street, so please bring me one. You've been listening to the BK and Ferrario podcast, powered by I Promise. Hi. Close your eyes. It's time to discover what starting and growing your own business feels like. Whether your business is bed sheets or skincare or jewelry, Shopify's with you every step of the way. Hello. Now, open your eyes. Feel ready to start and grow your business with Shopify. You'll get the tools you need to nurture your growing business and feel the same satisfaction as listening to this ad. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Simply start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com free 22. Shopify.com free 22.